Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Aaron with Hex Life and Style. So, last week we didn't put out a podcast. We took a step back and we pushed pause. We, we thought it was important to sit back and, and listen and support and, and spread as much love and, and, and help support the Black Lives Matter movement as much as we possibly could. So now we're back at it this week, and I'm extremely excited. Um, this was my very first live po video podcast that, I, that I've done, and um, it couldn't have come at a better time. I reached out to my friend Philip. Um, most of you may know him as KY Ambassador on Instagram. But uh, Philip agreed to do the podcast with me, and I was very excited about that. And then he brought along his friends and his brothers, Albert and uh, Arson. And um, it's just amazing, the conversation that was had. Um, it was a, a great conversation. We talked about the Black Lives Matters movement. We talked about, um, you know, the black culture. We talked about fashion and style and um, influences from that standpoint. We talked about spirituality and, and love. And um, it just, it was an amazing, amazing uh, podcast. It's a little long, it's two hours long, so you might wanna break it up as you listen to it. But uh, I hope you all enjoyed as much as I enjoyed you know, doing it. I made some great friends today and um, I look forward to uh, continuing to build on that relationship moving forward. So, um, this podcast really needs no introduction, even though I'm giving one. So grab your drinks, sit back, and enjoy the podcast that needs no introduction. I hope you enjoy it. Show me the way. Okay, we're recording. Okay, guys, let's get rolling. Thank you so much. I want to introduce my guests. I got Arsene, Albert, and Philip. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much for, for uh, doing this. I appreciate it. So we kind of got this started. I reached out to Philip. Um, I've known Philip for a little while and um, just followed him on Instagram, through Instagram, his style, his fashion, his spirituality, just kind of some of the things that he really brings to the table. And I, I love, love what he does. So um, we got the idea to do the podcast and yes, through Philip, and I appreciate that. But uh, we want to talk about a few things. But before we get going with, you know, who knows where this will go? So. Right, right. But yeah. uh, but I want to start by you guys just kind of telling your story, how you made it, uh, how you came to Lexington, Kentucky, yeah. how you guys ended up here, um, yeah. how you grew up, um, if you grew up here, just kind of right. tell your story. So we'll go from. Yeah. Right to left. Man, first of all, thank you for that introduction, man. It means a lot, man. You know, um, not often, you know, you get a recognition like this, especially just locally. So it means a lot that knowing that people actually recognize what we're doing, and it's a great feeling. Uh, but I'm going to try to keep it short as far as the introduction with me. Uh, my name is Philip, of course, born in Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, I was a refugee here. I arrived in Lexington in 2005, went to Henry Clay High School. Uh, played soccer there. These are all my brothers. They've been my brothers since day one. We all right. grew up in the same neighborhood, uh, same upbringing, uh, that kind of stuff, same mentality, which kind of like also helps me uh, to keep going in life, you know, and uh, it's it's great to have this group of support around me. Uh, but after high school, although we all kind of like went out, you know, parting ways in college and stuff like that, I ended up in University of Reconcile at first, and then I transferred back to University of Kentucky, and I was able to graduate there with a degree in sociology. And uh, now I work at a community development program. It's called Common Good. 
uh, we are a mentoring program that serve kids from kindergarten all up to 12th grade. And I served there as a youth program director. And uh, as far as fashion, I've always, you know, fashion to me is kind of like self-care. So uh, it just comes natural to me. Uh, you know, I don't even know the way to explain it because I can, the, the way I was brought up, you know, going to school, dress up in uniform every single day. So I had to wear a button up and a shirt, you know, and my shoe has to be polished. Teacher were coming around to check my nails. You know, I didn't even realize that they were teaching me self-care at that early age, but that's something that now as an older person, I'm able to look back and be like, wow, that was actually discipline that I was being taught at a young age. So that's how I got introduced to fashion. And till this day, that's the way I carry on, you know, like this, even today, you know, I was checking on my pants, make sure it was well in iron and stuff like that. But those are just the discipline that I was taught at the early age. You see what I'm saying? And that's how I was introduced to fashion. Uh, as far as my style, I'm a vintage lover. I love old pieces just because I'm a huge fan of history. Uh, for some reason, it just connects with my world and the way I perceive the world. Uh, I always tell myself, like, you know, one of my main mission is to bring, to bring vintage pieces back to life, right? And, and because to me, I adore those pieces. And like I said, it's just a reflection of my personality. And uh, that's the way I see it, man. It's all based on instinct. Uh, I never went, I didn't go to fashion school or any kind of things like that, but I played soccer, you know, so I played mm -hmm. soccer my whole life. So a lot of my fashion and style, they came from football as far as like the instincts, right? In the game of football, it's a very instinctive game. Like you have to know what to do with the ball before the ball gets you. And as soon as that ball gets to your feet, you have to make quick decision. And that's sometimes I go with my style, man, just based on what I'm feeling. It's like my instinct, oh, the weather today, oh, great. That's the way I'm gonna go. So yeah, yeah that's, that's no, pretty I, much all about me, brother. Yeah, I love that. Cause I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm in, I do kind of what I do is, yeah. you know, I love, from a vintage standpoint, I love getting the clothing back out there and yeah. people to enjoy it and style it the way that they want. And I think that's the coolest thing. And I need you to talk to my son, by the way, because <laughs> I've been telling him over and over and over that it's not, you know, it's about feeling good. It's about dressing nice yeah. and, and, and having that, you know, having people, you know, people look at you from that standpoint, right. you know, um, as well. And, and he says, why, why want to wear this? I want to wear that. And I, I told him, I said, it's about self-care. It's Absolutely. about taking care of yourself. Yeah. So I finally got him taking uh, at least a shower a day. <laughs> nice. But, uh, nice. But, so, Albert, what about you, man? Oh, man. I love it. I just love listening. Like, this really <laughs> well, I'm Albert, of course. Uh, and I was born in the capital of Joseph Philip. Uh, came as a refugee as well. And uh, this is in 06. Philip came before me. And then uh, I followed up right after these guys as well. Uh, but... And he was playing soccer at Harry Clay as well. And then uh, well, I went to school because I wanted to <laughs> go into the medical field, you know, and become a doctor. And I just realized that I was, everything was just so forceful, you know. And uh, so my senior high school, we lost our being on a you know, video journalist. So that kind of like changed my whole perspective of life. And then uh, I wanted to do exactly what I love to do. And then something that kind of got us all together was fashion. Uh, the fashion is pretty big in our country. And, but I wanted something more than just dressing. I wanted to build uh, an entity that has a, a culture, you know, a mission statement. And it's not just behind group and matter. It's, you know, how people, uh, I, I imagine how people should be treated when they're working for you. I'd imagine how, uh, instead of like holding people down, the industry should be able to encourage young minorities, people, of color how to dress better mm -hmm. uh and uh, so i got into kind of like a high-end brand i didn't want to just start something uh and i had nothing man and i just started traveling and uh 
So everything is history. Nah, I just made you on finding everything out. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Yes. Sir. So, yes. so well, I want to touch on that a little bit more because yes. you said something about you know tra you traveled yes. clearly and, and yes. kind of got uh, yes. input from probably all kinds of different yes. Yes. you so, know yeah. areas uh, and people and. I, I mean, I think as far as like my, my industry and what I first like sold my product, I would like to call like and I would like to get it in a in oh, a, yeah. in a different so oh, fashion. So and like I mentored a lot by a lot of older guys there and uh, and and there was the point where I went to like five countries in one week, right? Uh, and talking to manufacturers, they was in, in London, Leeds, London, uh, Spain, uh, talking about Spanish letters, like my shoes are handmade in uh, Italy. Uh, in Spain, I'm sorry, and all my clothes are Italian or like uh, they go Hong Kong, right? So we pick up the Italian fabrics, send them to Hong Kong, and we put them all together, uh, and then uh, people pick up the product here. So I didn't want the idea of like looking at the industries, uh, inventory, it's in the inventory, it's labor, and it's also uh, what is it, uh, right? It's why it's all those overheads. I wanted every individual to come into my place, feel like they belong here, they could have whatever drink they wanted to have, and then they could make whatever they fashion was possible. Mm -hmm. But also make it affordable, right? You know, it's okay to look good, you know, you don't have to break the bank. But uh, it, it's very important because they us as people, God judges the spirit by we judge the way we look, you know. Yeah, I love that. Say that again. Say yeah. it loud because <laughs> yes. I want to make sure this is picking up everything you guys are saying. Yes. So talk loud for sure. Yes. But I mean say that again. Again, uh God, God judges your spirit, you know, and uh, and then we as human beings, we always gonna be judging your appearance, no matter what. Uh, so first presentation is always the key for me. So I'm killing you guys yes. with the holes in the pants. Nah, <laughs> man, it's all good. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's a really good tailor. Right. And in, in the seven, in the seventies, uh, yeah. <laughs> trending. Way, by the way, that quote from the Book of Samuel, so the Book of Samuel, second, second, that yes. verse is for me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, guys. I love it. So Arson, what about <laughs> Ben? I don't even know where to start. So I'm just gonna uh, the, the way my thoughts are gonna come in. Yeah. I'm just gonna give it to you. Yeah, just ahead, cut and roll. So yeah. obviously, just like these uh, great guys, um, I was born in the DRC, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Left there in '97. I lived in Zambia between 1997 yes. through uh, 2006, and then my family uh, moved to Lexington and. Uh, uh at that time philip was already here um i always tell this story the first time i ever met philip <laughs> the first day i ever met philip i, I walked I in in his house it. and now i have to bring it because this is whole pattern of fashion right? right because sometimes there's a difference between style and fashion and i feel like when we first came to the united states we were in that uh trendy uh space mm -hmm. so the first time i meet philip he's about 13 years old and i'm, I'm like 14 years old <laughs> And obviously at the time in early 2006, everybody was still wearing like the long t-shirts. So Philip is about maybe five, seven, and he's wearing like a three X shirt that goes all the way up here. And he, uh, and the shirt goes all the way, almost down to his knees. Yeah. Like, man, what is this? What is he wearing? And I was you know? ironing it too. Yeah, and he was ironing it. I'm like, what is he going to do with that? So, so that, Obviously, that's that's my first impression of Philip, and uh, we normally call them like the model of the family because Philip would just give it to you as far as like just different styles, right. um, and and I've learned a lot just from being around him. Yeah. But as far as like my influence, I would say it all starts back with the roots as far as like family. My mom owned a shop; she yes. used to sell clothes all the time, and then 
there were so many uh, on Sundays or Saturdays when I wasn't going to, uh, when I wasn't going to, to school. She always wanted me to be around like that business end of things. So she would just have me uh, go to the shop with her and then she would show me like, hey, this is how much these clothes are. So I, I was around that and, and that, that kind of like influenced me as far as like, yeah. just like style, like, man, I would like to have this clothes. But at the same time, that was our way of, uh, that was the family income. So I couldn't wear all the clothes anyway, <laughs> but I would sit there as a kid. I'm like, man, I would love to own those pants. Yeah. I would like to own this and that. And then um, another, as far as family, his mom, which I'm surprised he didn't even mention, is a tailor. Off. She's a, she she okay. designs clothes, and I'm yeah. surprised he even uh, he even forgot that part. Why well, didn't forget? Uh, I, you know, <laughs> it's coming. It's yeah, it's coming. It's, it's, it's coming. It's gonna be part yeah, of it. And, and sure, what, yeah. one thing that I was also gonna say was, as far as fashion, another story about him. I um, I had these pants. I looked at these pants. I was like, you know what? This is trash. I don't need it anymore. I gave him the pants. Two days later, I'm looking at him like. Hey, are those the pants that I gave you? He's like, yeah. How did you get them like that? So I tell him though. Yeah. My mom, Taylor, and I'm sure he had some input in that, right? So yeah. again, a lot of the fashion for most of us, it has a lot to do with, you know, just like our upbringing, our background, a lot of Congolese love fashion. Yeah. And then, um, and obviously just growing up together, we kind of like all influenced each other. Philip right. would come out with a different style and I'm just laughing like, Philip, what are you wearing? You know, and then a few days down the line, I'm like, oh man, this guy sees style like two, three, four years from now, you know, things that I was laughing about, like, what are you wearing? Everybody else is wearing the same thing, you know, things like that. And uh, as far as uh, for me, like I remember when I was at, uh, when I was in my undergrad, I ended up going to undergrad uh, in uh, Richmond, Indiana, Earlham College. Yeah. I played soccer there for uh, four years. And um, I remember, man, I would just go in my closet. I, I wouldn't even plan what I was going to wear. It, it just, it was something that I was feeling at that time. I would just go to my closet, look through some stuff, and I put some stuff together. And then I'll have people go, man, that's really nice. That's a really nice style, man. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing this? Have you ever thought about you know, maybe get having a shop, things like that. So um, I owe that to a lot, to these guys, especially these two guys. Like uh, one thing that I've taken from him is he, when you wear something, it's about the confidence that you have. You know, you make the clothes. The clothes do not make you at all. Yeah. You know, Philip will wear like the most random stuff, but the way he's carrying himself, you know what I'm saying? Like the way he's carrying himself makes the clothes like, oh man, that's really cool, you know? And then with him too, he has um, a different style, like as far as like more jersey. And I feel like I try to steal from here and I try to get a little <laughs> bit of my style and just have like a mesh of that. Yeah, you. I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly where I was going next was the confidence side of things. So we'll touch on a couple things you uncovered there. Cut and sew, I want to talk about what your mom does from a tailoring standpoint. Right. That's huge right now in the vintage community. Everybody's trying to create their own one of one piece, right? Or you know, it's kind of gone back to cut. So right, from yeah. the jean, everything from the jeans to the shirts. So we'll touch on that a little bit too. We we might be here for a couple hours. You guys in a hurry? Now. <laughs> no, we're not in a hurry, man. So so let's talk about the confidence part of it because I agree with that, one hundred percent. I think 
you know, depending on, you know, my, I don't know if you are this way, but, but the mood kind of dictate, my mood is dictated a lot of times by the weather. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but, um, but, but so for me, it's always like when I go in there, I might not know what I'm going to wear, but if it's raining outside or if it's, I know that what I'm, where I'm going. Right. So, you know, um, where I was going with that is, is from a confidence standpoint is being able just to throw something on, look in the mirror and feeling good. How does that, does that come easy? Cause I mean, especially with, with, you know, I just met you guys, but yeah, Philip is like, he blows my mind. Every time I see him, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I could never, I, I, you know, I could never think about putting, right. you know, pinstripes, yeah. different types of pinstripes together, different <laughs> patterns. I mean, the colors are one thing, but right. the patterns are what I struggle with. Yeah. So talk about that. What is that? Is that confidence level just? For me, it's all about perception. You know, just like he said, you know, don't let the clothes make you. You have to make the clothes, you know. Okay. And I think it starts there. It's having that confidence and the ability to know, okay, this is what I want. And this is how I want to carry myself. Because to me, if you ask me, fashion has never been about brands or whatever, you know. It was always about the way to express your inner light, right, and the way to express myself. So, like I said, if something really fits with my vision, right, and whatever the weather is and, and whatever atmosphere, whatever it is, that it fits that style that particular day, then that's what I go with because mm -hmm. I'm all in it, right. I always tell my friends, like, I don't want to go places and then I'm thinking about, oh man, I shouldn't be wearing this. I shouldn't be wearing this. I shouldn't be wearing this. You know what I'm saying? Like that is one thing that I have refused. And I have done a couple of times early in my life because it takes time, right? What we're talking about, it takes time. I just didn't wake up with the ability to just go in my closet and be like, right. yo, today I'm rocking this. I'm rocking that. No, it's because I put in some times into it. Also putting in some thoughts and my feelings and my emotions into it. Right. And it takes time. Right. Like I said, I didn't go to a fashion school or any of that kind of stuff. Everything is just from within, and that's yeah. the way I want to express myself. Right? Yeah, it's knowing yourself first before anything. Right? Yeah, it makes sense. It yeah. makes total sense. I change. Maybe that's why my style changes so often. Because <laughs> I just, it's, it's. I joke with my wife. My wife's like, so I the '90s stuff is just huge right now. Yeah. And um, so I try to, I try to wear the '90s stuff, and my wife's like, Aaron, you're 41. You can't wear the '90s stuff. You look like you just kept it your entire yeah. life. Right. I'm like, it's a good point. So yeah. I, you're. I gravitate more towards the 80s type yeah, style yeah, some, yeah. And, and things like that just because I can remember growing up and it's kind of the nostalgia yeah, factor right. for me of, of that. But yeah. uh, so I would talk a little bit about what you're doing here. Um, how did you kind of, you talked a little bit obviously with your mom being a tailor and having a love and passion for, for, for fashion and style anyways. What, um, give a little bit about your background about kind of how you got to this point to kind of go out on a limb and start your own business? I think, I mean, it's been around these guys on South Towers. I mean, one thing I, I hate inside and is, uh, is being able to, oh, this is what they're doing. I'm gonna do that. I've always been, you know, like, like I'm like, I'm like an artist. I like that because like, I like to cook. I like, you know, something I've gotten recently with him. Renaissance it, man. Yeah, it's gardening, you know. Yeah, yeah not a jack of all trades, Renaissance <laughs> man. But, like, uh, but uh, and when I look at clothes, I can, I can sit here, I can go up and I'm I'll be getting someone's jacket. So it's mm -hmm. up and I'll find it all night. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm the same yeah, way. Exactly. I, my wife will go to an event or we'll do something, yeah, and I'll be yeah. like, "Oh, that guy's shirt is killing me." Yeah. She's like, "Just let it go," and it'll be like too yeah. big, and yeah. it'll be like bunched yeah. up here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just somebody needs to go tell him just to roll the sleeves up. See, <laughs> see, not to throw you off the point. To me, I'm like, I'm actually the opposite. When I see that, then my mind automatically starts to create. 
as wrong as it could be or as yeah. nice as it could be, if someone truly messed it up out there by societal standards, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to twist that thing up, you know what yeah. I mean, and make it my yeah. own way. Yeah. So that's a little bit where my inspiration was. Yeah, from. yeah. Not to leave it out there. No, I like that. I, I like that mindset because yeah. for me, it's uh, just like with policies and principles and norms. Mm. I think fashion. If you think about where fashion comes from, you know, you know, uh, one of the first king of, of England was the French king, you know, and uh, and he introduced a lot of fashion back then in the days. And if you look at the city of Venice, you know, and how they used to wear those. And if you go all the way back to Renaissance <laughs> man and uh, medieval and all that stuff and what fashion meant to kings, you know, something for and so literally. And then moving forward back in the you know, 1900s, uh, you have a tailor or somebody, you have to be wealthy, right? To have a tailor, things were customized for you. And the generation that we live today, I mean, perfect thing, like your car is customized for you, you know, your yeah. house, your smart house is customized for you. Yeah. And people don't want to match anymore, they don't want to look like a soccer team. Uh, my mother, one thing I learned from my mother was to take something that's laid on the table and make it just something that's so unique that somebody can put on with so much confidence. Uh, so uh, I learned things like, you know, like, you know, how you pick the vegetables at the stove or your coconuts. I pick fabrics like that, you know, like I can yeah. feel like I said, yeah. this is a S120, this is a S100, this is a this, right? This is this, this is that. And I was able to do that, right? I like to touch people's smell, right? And then so when I think about that, or when I look at him, I, I like, Laid out the fabric. I'm like, this is what I'm gonna wear this for, yeah. right? And I'm like, they're like, well, I, what if I this? I was like, no, don't wear this because you're going to this event. So I think about where you're going, what your lifestyle is, and I create your lifestyle with your clothes, right? If you like doing walk around, run around, and just be home all the time, uh, even if it's, I can take a very nice pinstripe and customize it something that when I wake up comfortably, right? I'm like, you don't wear, you don't wear this cashmere, you don't wear this, you don't wear this or that. And so um, my mother taught me that, right? Uh, and um, it, it's such a unique skill that's so rare now that back then, like, I mean, you can pick up grocery, you can go to a bar and be like, hey, you know, guess what I can do? I can put a button. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, nobody cares. Like, yeah. you know, but now it's like that thing, right? So I was like, man, like, it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed to even talk about it. I never really talked about it. I was like, the guys, they knew I could like, but but I did it for myself. I didn't want to tell anybody because I was yeah. like, oh, this is embarrassing, right? Because that there's nothing manly about that and what, whatsoever. But if you look at things, people like Crawford and people like that, they literally educated people, not just to come in and buy a piece of crap, but it's this is what this means to you. And this is how long it's gonna to last to you, right? And this is what it means to you as a man. And so he, he creates character. And I had to understand what I'm selling. Recently I had a conversation with this guy, I'm not selling clothes, I'm selling confidence. If you think about it, right? Yeah. So and it gets me excited. It's waiting, this one is an example. I was afraid that I was gonna screw up all the time. I was nervous the whole time, right? Because I knew I was doing something for him, right? So and that's what pushes me to do better. And then even if I do good and he's happy, I still feel like I can do better than what I did. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're a perfectionist. I'm sick. You keep looking at me. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so you do so good, right? So 
I, I, I do, and I, I don't sew regularly to where I can be like, let me sit down and sew all this point together, but I can put the cloth down and I can design it. And I can say, I can tell my mother, this jacket should be sold like this because this is how it is. Okay. So like, I'm a modern designer's perspective of it. Uh, I can put the pins on you and kind of put chalks all over your body and then take it off and say, okay, let's get the teller to come in and put this piece together. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and then, so I can, so I can rip it apart and say, this needs to be taken in, yeah. this cannot be taken in because it's gonna mess up the pockets. So every, the very first phase of, uh, it's kind of like architecture, right? Uh, you put in a, I, I don't take the hammer and then put a nail and put it back into the wood, right? I, I say, this one is how it should be like, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and I get a contract person. Oh yeah, yeah. get the that. team to come in and put Absolutely. it together. Yes. So, so what about, so from that, that standpoint, yeah. as far as, you know, um, that's probably styling is probably more your side of things, putting it together, laying it out, you know, so what goes into that thought process Do you, when someone comes in, like, let's say for me, cause I wear suits yeah. uh, um, just about every day. Yeah. So uh, someone comes in and they tell you kind of, do they, do you ask them, you know, what do you do? What, what, you know, what do you like to do? What are some I mean, things you enjoy? Do you, or do you just kind of whatever how do you just feel that vibe from them and put it together how that well work? i asked them a few things and you can tell when they hate so people a lot of people especially on generation most people don't wear suit because they they have that but first so they have that first experience of that suit interaction they're like man my dad gave me this jacket and, <laughs> yeah. and i hated it right and then so being able to understand something between off the rack uh, a custom imagination and a baseball suit. And this was suit in the means of Toria, it's second skin, right? That means it's jackets are created. It feels like you're not wearing a jacket. You know, how do you create such an art to where somebody says, I'm gonna wear this every day forever, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, and when my clients come in, I ask them basic questions and I'm looking at them, I'm like, have a drink. And then with a drink, you know, they kind of get loosey a little bit. So they kind of tell me that they're kind of a little more honest with me. And, uh, <laughs> And they would say, like, what do you hate about it? They're like, well, I'm here to get a suit at this. I'm like, no, but tell me, honestly, like, what is, why are you here? Like, why are you not? And then they would tell me, listen, uh, I want something better. You know, I've always worn this. I'm, I'm, I'm always sweaty. I'm always this. I feel comfortable. My pants are very tight. So when I hear all of that, my mind, I'm like, okay, so what do you do? You know, I, well, I'm a lawyer. Or I, earlier today, I had... Uh, Detective, you know, they came in here with you know, they have like put back your weapon, put back your pistols, and let me see how you guys dress. Yeah. <laughs> like, you sleep for too long. Like, what yeah. is that? Half the centimeters of the shirt every time. They're like, Well, I didn't notice my wife said it's all right. I was like, Well, your wife, <laughs> yeah. was, like, do you tell your wife how her dress should be? Yeah. So, and so, and a lot of men are not educated because grooming is like a taboo thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. It's hey, uh, let's not talk about our hair right now, let's talk about football. Uh, let's talk you know, no girls goes out there and say, Oh, your nails are horrible. That guy's nails, oh, that guy's nails are really nice. And yeah. I'm not gonna get that guy. Yeah. Right. So it's it's not just the fashion. So when you understand those guys, the character, what they do for a living every day, uh, how can you take a farm and put them in a double breast expensive suit, right? So when I see the way every time I'm sitting down there, I, I can imagine, I can just close my eyes, I can see every single fabric on their body. Mm -hmm. And then I look at things like skin tone. 
right? I'll say, this color is bad for your skin. And it's like, right, how did you know? I'm like, well, I was like, you hate pigs. You can't wear pigs. He's like, man, I hate pigs. How did you know? <laughs> because it's not because, and one thing that also helped me, I'm, I'm a big reader. I love psychology. You know, I'm into psychology so much. You've got I one on the set today. Understanding, yeah. you know, he's a master in psychology. And you know? I like understanding people and their need because uh, body language is 80% of people's language, right? Oh, yeah. Patient, so when you're sitting there, you're talking, you're sitting kind of funny, you're doing this, I'm sitting, I'm looking at you, and I'm like, wow, uh, if you're an introvert, I cannot wait, you cannot wait lighter colors, you know, mm-hmm. loud colors, because it's going to attract the wrong people, and you're going to hate your life. So I got to wear darker colors. So if you're an extrovert, this is what you have to wear, and this and that, and the, all that is part of a fashion, so you're not just, you're not just covered by suit or shirt or a pair of shoes, you know, everything is with a flat foot. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I do have a flat foot. How often do you wear dress shoes? Well I'm not that but I like my sneakers. Mm-hmm. And then so we customize shoes for you. Yeah. That way you feel comfortable. Right. So stuff like that and it's very, very viable. I think I knew I could do it. I knew the city of Lexington needed something like that. But I didn't know how it starts. So I worked with the biggest firm in town, Joseph A. Bank. So I gave myself three months to get promoted to manager. Right? If I couldn't do it, then I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Yeah. I love it, dude. Yeah. I love it. That's a great story, man. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's almost yes. when, as you talk about it and describe yeah. it, you yes. know, because I've always, I've always loved fashion and style and things, right. but you're taking it to another level when you're able to read, like you said, people's body language yes. or what their interests are. Yeah. Or, you know, you talk about skin tone going, yeah. you know, I can remember, uh, you know, I mean, that's such a big part of, of, you know, wearing, you know, fashion is understanding what colors you can and can't wear. Right. And, um, you know, me, I still think I can wear everything. <laughs> and, <that's also laughs> and they look good. Yeah. My confidence might be too. I love it. I love it. But, but, you know, what's cool about it is, from a psychology standpoint, you're building confidence in those people who they don't even realize it. Right. right. You know, you're putting yes. something together for them yeah. to be like, damn, yeah. I look good. You know, yeah. I, I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I got to do have a question for you because me buying suits, yes. you know, I would love to own, I'd love for my closet to be <laughs> nice. Suits. Yes. And as, yes. with that comes money, Absolutely. lots of, uh, you know, higher in price. Yes. So my question is, the reason I've never really gone all in on customized suits is because my weight fluctuates. Right. And, um, you know, and depending on if it's winter, if it's summer, how yeah. much I'm running, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So how do you, have, is there, so this how thing, does that fit in? Well, I, in, my, in my company, I call it uh, the three set, uh, the three inch rule. Uh, three inch, uh, I, I, leave, I leave a layer, uh, extra meat in your suit. To where I can either open up a suit and connect it and contract it okay. all the time, right? And thirty centimeters wide, and it just leaves like that. So when I when I, when I do your hair, I don't cut to where it's like oh you're done. I cut to where I know this guy's gonna come back. He's probably gonna go look at me, especially the guys. You know, like this guy's going, you know. So like, man, how do you? Well, I'm this and this and that. And I'm like, okay, so this kid has maybe like maybe about another more inch or five more inch to grow. So I I put I think about that. Because again, this goes back to old age and how these wealthy people were treated, right? They would have this, this Facebook suit passed down like $15,000 an age or more, right? Passed down in generation to generation. It's like how did his father wore this suit and his son is wearing this suit? Because they were able to do that. And then so I've dug so much deeper and just thinking how the terrorism thing works. 
And then so looking at you when I'm doing that soup from scratch, you spend, you know, like minimum two thousand dollars. And I know, okay, I look at yourself, okay, so what do you do? Uh well, this is why I, I like to work out. Okay, good. And I can tell, it's like, okay, so well, what do you like to eat? I ask my clients all that because I can tell mm-hmm. how fast they can get right. And then I think about how much later I can serve, right? So shirts are the same way for me. Um, and so my clients, when they come in, they're not, it's not like a one-time investment today. It's a long-term investment. Uh, and um, they bring those things back to me and they have warranties where within one year, six months, you can still come in. The average human being gains weight in about three months or so, body kind of start changing a little bit. And then uh, six months, you still come back for free and uh, that's still taken off you free of charge because I can sit for you and then whatnot. And that's then, amazing. And then we do it again, right? And all the measurements are set in the system. You don't have to come here. We call you. Uh, the next thing I want to be doing with the company moving up once uh, the second location comes into play in Cincinnati, we'll move on. That's what I'm looking at. It's going to be uh, uh, the 3D, install 3D uh, scanning body scanners to where they don't read the measurements only, but they read how much fat you have on your skin. So uh, that determines we get to determine how you should customize your clothes or your shoes to wear the last little longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and that's just the future that we're looking at. That blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's crazy. I mean, because I mean, you you put so much thought behind that, yes. and and um, it's so much bigger than just you know customizing a suit or uh, a style for somebody. I mean, yeah. it you know that's one of the things that you know with what I do on an everyday basis. You know, working with dermatologists and plastic surgeons, and you know, talking to them about you know you know investing in a long term business. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And, and what that looks like and yeah. what that business relationship yeah. looks like. And I love that because I think that's something that's big, that's lost big time in business is yeah. everybody wants to make that dollar right now. Yeah. Right. They don't care about the dollar tomorrow yeah. or the next day or the next day from that cut one customer. And so, you know, if they ship it, it's not what they want and they don't make it right or it's they do this, they're not, they're not responsible from that standpoint. Yeah. And, um, I think what you're doing clearly is you're investing in, you know, the person yeah. and the human being. Yeah. And when you do that, and it just, you know, it I makes mean, things a total. It's a it's a game changer. I mean, we're creating the trickle down concept of corporate, right? Where trickle down from the top up uh, is a system where the top benefits them, and then the bottom guys don't benefit. I wanted to reverse engineer everything, and I always talk about that word is trickle, uh, you know, from a trickle up concept where uh, if my clients are excited, want to be here, they can't wait to come in and have a drink and tell me I want to wear a suit, I'm not doing my job, right? So for me, it's uh, an investment, not just into products and all that. So I think about it, that kind of reverse back to even my manufacturers, right? Are those guys happy? If they're mm-hmm. happy, they pick up our right? So most of my shoes are customized online and then they get shipped all over the place, all over the world. I don't even know who would buy my shoes at this thing, but it's how do you control that, right? So, and how do you control the quality? And how do I control the service you do? There's something about this that the internet, all these school tools that we will never change, mm-hmm. right? You can't mm-hmm. offer somebody a cup of mm-hmm. coffee and put it in Facebook, yeah. right? Uh, and then so, and for me, it's that idea, right? It's like, like you said, hey, um, I'm not just gonna invest in this suit. 
I know, and then people think about, man, like how much, is, oh man, this is expensive. Think of people like Joseph A. Bank. Yes, you get an affordable, it's $500 suit and whatnot, but you pay on um, a leg when it comes to, to alterations, right? And then they forget about you. So there was a lot of problems with huge companies like this because it's just a turnaround. It's just like, what is, what's up bottom line? What's up bottom line? And I want to go back to the back in the old ages and say, you know what? This is a luxury thing. This is something that somebody's worked hard for, the hard earned money, and they have to feel like given twice as much value that you, that every dollar you give me, I try to give you back twice or three times as much value for each dollar. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then that's it. Right? And and that's what it's about. I mean, when you can do that, like I said, it you know, yeah, that's taking care of the yeah. customer, you know, and giving them what they need or what they want. You know that's that's the key. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about you know I, vintage is 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 really hot right now. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the vintage side of things. Have you thought about you know Sorry, going from that yeah. angle because you know there are so many different um, yeah. you know different avenues. You know some people for me you know if I could find a, the vintage suits and stuff yeah. that's probably what I would choose to wear on a daily yeah. basis. But you know, obviously, they would need to be tweaked. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. wear and tear on on a suit, yeah. so it right. breaks down after a while. So, have you thought about maybe going into that at all, or looking I mean, that avenue? I think for me, um, I didn't. I don't see. I haven't. I thought about it, but in a different way. In a way of uh, imagine ten years from now, imagine twenty years from now. And uh, being able to understand trend, uh, and I think business uh, entrepreneurs, uh, one of the biggest problems for entrepreneurs, being able to sit down in a quiet place and just trying to envision what the next trend is going to be, right? And that's fashion, right? And that's how fashion is all the time, right? A lot of people go on the top, they like wake up in the morning, they just have a shirt, it just says they don't want to wear it, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then so, and then just fuck up because of influencers, right? Um, I think for me, I think about that shirt that you're wearing, what is the long-term investment of that, right? And I just minimize the downside. Uh, vintage, uh, vintage clothes are always gonna be around, but for me is, uh, I can, I mean, I can create them, right? Uh, uh, tailoring, you can tailor the clothes, that's another business, but being able to pivot your company and make it scalability, right? How do you adapt to your surrounding Yes, trends, they're there. I recognize them. Somebody can come in here and say, hey, I got this vintage suit. Uh, I want to do this, I want to do this. And then I sit there and I just take this Picasso and I just redraw it in a different way. I mean, the upside down is yeah. different art, right? Use the fabric. Use the same fabric, yeah. right? And there's people who come in and say, man, this shirt is big. How can you take this shirt and make it into a custom shirt, right? So, and, and it's like, Oh man, I don't want a new shirt. I love this shirt. Right. Right. So, and being able to do that is so much power. You know, you're taking a Toyota and turning into a Mercedes, right? Basically, that's so. That's the game, right? Uh, and having that talent, this the I can count how many people in the world are having just living my figures, and it's not that many anymore. Uh, and if you look at people like, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Tom Ford was working for Gucci, realized the market wasn't doing so well, and he moved to Tom Ford because, not because Gucci was a horrible place for him, he saw a trend, he saw something that was was cultivating into the industry, but no one else 
was able to see and support was born, right? Uh, if you look at uh, Christian Dorr, like started with Tracy's, right? And uh, this guy was a garden designer, <laughs> you know, he mm -hmm. got a designer, he loved it. And he was drawing dresses, making dresses from gardens, right? And flowers. And then after that, he realized, oh man, he didn't want to do an advanced product. And then, uh, but the company had a pivot, right? So if you look at a lot of people like that, like me, what I'm trying to do is not just be known for high end. Have Renaissance Man, you mentioned that. Have a really wonderful product that you would do good at, that you are the only best person to do that. And then have all these other little products that complement that thing, right? And that's and those things, the little products are the ones that kind of make you um, adaptive, uh, scalability and stuff like that. You can ask me a question, okay, this is a good idea, but I like it. How can you clone this? How can you make it scalable? Investors want to hear that. My clients want to hear that because they want to share this with the rest of the world, right? So being able to think about that every day, yeah. right? And be ahead. I'm going to move this closer. I want to make sure we're capturing <laughs> everything via. The uh, uh, are you in there, Arson? Still, let's see. I, yeah, let's see. I want to make sure we get all the same. But uh, so let's talk talk about that for a second. Philip, you all can jump in here too. So you talk about the entrepreneurship yes. side of things, yes, and the scalability and, and all of that. You know, that's interesting because you, you have there's two different sides, I think, of, of the kind of vintage industry or the whatever you want to, how you were going to call it, the fashion style. You have, like I said, you have the people who are in it from a standpoint of entrepreneurship. Yes. And then you have, in money, and that's really all they care about. Yes. And then you have the other side that yes. is collectors, and they, and they, you know, they, they study, they learn, they try to understand yes. the style and the fashion and the fabric and the make. And for me, on my end, you know, it's not, it's never been about the money. It right. just, it just hasn't. Um, it, um, you know, for me, it's the networking and the, you know, being around other people right. talking shop with other people That's about right. things that I enjoy. And um, so for me, it's almost like a hobby. Um, and I guess you would say I'm probably more of a collector first than I yeah. am anything else. Um, although I do like the thrill of the hunt of going out and trying to find cool pieces and yeah. things yeah. because I think, I think about it from a different perspective. Like the shirt that I have on, I think about who wore this before me, the, what their story was, right. you know, what kind of life they lived, who, who they were. And so for me, that's kind of what I enjoy about it. Um, you mentioned trends and we'll touch on that, but one of the things that I like the most about older clothing is that it's made so well. And I think, you know, unless you're coming to some someone like yourself who yeah. is, researching that and knowing the fabrics and the and, and all of that yeah. you know when you go buy something off the rack you're just the quality is is nothing yes that's right and so so and i get that 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 needs to be there i think for for you know a reason but at the same time for me i like going and buying things because it, it seems like in the age even you know 60s 50s 60s 70s yeah that time period stuff was made so well yeah that's true yeah. and um and i don't know if it was because it was and there was more <laughs> there was more sweat and tears and passion put into creating it that's yeah. um or or what but um so so i just wanted to touch base on that from a trend standpoint from yeah i think that's you hit the nail on the head you've got so many different avenues of this business but I think your mindset and what you guys are doing 
is is where you need to be from a standpoint of an entrepreneurship but at the same time there's that passion and that love for what you do and the educational standpoint of knowing you know your christian Dior's and your gucci and and how they built themselves and what they how they started and what their inspiration is like yeah so talk a little bit about trends so do you all you know you said you as an entrepreneur you sit there and you think about the trends that are coming and things that are are coming up next do you all tend to follow trends or do you tend to kind of set the trend on the trend side our scene is a lot more culture than you so i wonder if what you got to say on that on that end so as far as trends go right my take on it would be this i feel like the way when we were a little bit younger it was more like man this is cool and that's the reason why i brought up that example at first like when i first met philip it was like uh, I need to move in a little bit. So the story, just, I, we'll just talk, we'll make sure we're talking loud here because yeah, I, cause I, I, yeah, I want to catch everything you guys are saying. Yeah, let's do it. So as I was saying, when we were, when we were younger, I feel like we were more on a trendy side. Right? The first time I met Philip was wearing like the long shirts. Um, Albert too. Um, you remember that red shirt yeah, that yeah, you, yeah. it was the funniest <laughs> story, man. Albert was like, five six Shorter. and five four, five, four. <laughs> yeah. he's wearing this big red shirt and it's going all the way close to his ankles right but that's that's an aside but i would say like when we were younger it was more trendy but now the way i look at it i feel like we have um we have uh we have emotions obviously right and i feel like the things that we like other people are gonna like them somehow, some way. And I feel like that's what fashion is all about. Like, I feel like wearing this, right? So if I saw Philip wearing this uh, back in high school, I'd be like, what is this, right? But like people that really understand fashion, I feel like as adults, the emotions that we have, like I feel like dressing like this. Now that I see Philip wearing this, I might not take the whole style, but I might take a little bit from Philip and then I'll tweak it into my own style. Even yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I have some ripped off jeans, you know. As soon as I walked in here, I saw your style. I was like, man, I like what right. that guy has on. Right. So I might wear the ripped jeans, and then I might just maybe wear different uh, style yeah. shoes. Yeah. So to a degree, I guess, it's trendy, but it's like I'm looking at it from a standpoint like, you know, we all – inspiration we all kind of like inspire each other somehow some way but we at this point we don't really we don't necessarily like uh follow like uh a trend and i try to be very mindful about what we buy i was just talking to john john is philip's uh younger brother he's up in uh, new hampshire we excited he's going to move back home here soon um he bought uh this shirt the civil did you see yeah, it i saw that and yeah. one thing that i told him was like john you need to be mindful about you know buying some of these things because Let's say you buy like 10 of those shirts and then it goes out of style. <laughs> now you have 10 of these shirts that you don't wear yeah, on a daily right. basis because, you know, it's just out of style. People are not wearing it as much. Mm-hmm. So uh, my, the, the simple answer I would say is we try to kind of like get inspired more than following the trend. And yeah. we try to go by the feelings that we have in that particular moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'll even take it deeper to a standpoint where I mentioned earlier. It's about understanding thyself and knowing thyself in a sense of like, I mean, he said it, you know, uh, in probably an allegory way, but like, 
that's everything, you know, being able to know what you like, you know, first and foremost, right? It's like a human thing. Like, if you know you're not good at math, then that's probably what you're going to do in college. You're going to try to do everything in your power to avoid math in college. <laughs> I and did. reading, and then you think, but then I'm pretty sure you're going to try to do anything to, you know, just to go yeah. around this. So it's the same way I look at it with style as well. You know, being able to know what you want in the first place. Of course, not everybody has that ability. But like for me, if I have to speak on my behalf, and these guys here, is understanding like, okay, this is what we like. He's right on the money. And I think a little bit, the reason why we're off trend, I think it had to do with just culture assimilation, you know, from coming from Africa right. and being introduced into a new country, you know, because we grew up, like I said earlier, we went to school in uniform and usually, you know, mm -hmm. iron pants and dress up shirt and a tie, sweater if it was cold, your shoes have to be polished and everything, right? So we came to America and going to a public school where you can wear whatever you wanted to wear. You know, like, like, yeah. like yeah, you know what I mean? So that was a culture shock to, to us at the time. So I'm not going to lie, as a, as, a, as a teenager, trying to figure it out my way, and keep in mind that was in middle school. We all know all kinds of things. All, you know, I mean, this guy can tell you, you know, if, for someone who was booked into the public school system and as a mental psychologist himself, like, you know, like I love having conversation with them because even though I'm having this conversation with them, it's also my healing. Yeah. It's my therapeutic moment, right? Uh, so yeah, but like, you know, long story short, like middle school is when I came here and like I said, quick story, I went to school looking like this and I'll be <laughs> honest with you, I walked up and down through the hallway, everybody was asking me if I had somewhere to be, right? Like, <laughs> I, I swear to you, like everybody was coming up to me like, you just got here today, you, you going somewhere? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are you guys, you know what I mean? Are you guys going places? And this kid came up to me, was like, yo, why are you wearing your dad shoes, bro? You know what I mean? I'm like... This ain't my dad's shoes, no, but in my mind, I'm like, this is the way you're supposed to show up at school, right? Yeah. And I'm looking around, everybody's looking at me weird. So you know what I did the next day? The next week, I went to Walmart. I'm like, man, this is a different game over here. So that's when I went and bought the t-shirt that he's talking about, yeah. right? And I, I kid you not, it was probably till after my freshman year, my sophomore year, and I just came to a realization like, wow, this isn't truly me because once I begin to understand the culture and how everybody's always biting off the trend, and I'm like, oh, see, this is what they do it. It's because ACA has been popularized by someone else, so they follow and they bite off of it. But in reality, it's not really the norm or the move, right? It's just societal standards. It's just what everybody's excited after. It's, it's, that's what trend does, right? And once I begin to understand that, and that's when I became my whole person again, you know what I mean? I had to go back to the roots in a sense of like, ah, so, this is who I am, and I've been escaping, you know what I'm saying, for my personality for no reason. For and something you, you probably didn't about. feel comfortable at all I in, did that, not in that white shirt. These guys were here, that, like, they know how much, like, we switch up the style, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, from just, I will say probably from that, yeah, from freshman year, sophomore year, that whole year, yeah. you know, it was ups and downs. Like, we tried everything, you know, everything and in the sense of just trying to fit in and trying to discover that identity because we thought, like, wow, this is normal over here. But then, like you said, we came to an understanding like this is a trend. And once we begin to mix it up with our own personality within, and then it became like a new trend within the high school, you know? Right. So that's kind of like how we also, me, I can speak on my behalf. That's also when I begin to discover my little self-confidence. It's like, huh? So you're like what I'm doing right now, but like, thought this was the thing you see mm -hmm. what i'm saying so yeah i guess i'm doing all right over here you, you know came I mean? to, you came to school in the white shirt and then everybody else came to school in their dad's yeah. shoes and shirt and they were like oh, i thought this was the trick <laughs> <laughs> so talk about that so yeah. you know culture you know obviously you know plays a huge part in, in fashion and style yeah. and you know the black culture a 
across the board has kind of set, you know, that standard. And, and yeah. at least that's my opinion. Yeah. Right. You know, growing up as a kid, uh, you know, I was born in 78. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, this, my first cassette was Run DMC. Nice. And, wow. and so I kind of really discovered hip hop from that standpoint. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, 87 came, you know, it came out in 86 and then 87 came and I discovered the Beastie Boys yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and their style and just everything. And so my mindset said as a kid was yeah. I want, I want the Adidas suits. I want the, you know, and, but then I took it to my own level. Yeah. And I grew up in a small town and, you know, trend, it was all about the trend. Yeah. You know, and you so grew up in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So I, I grew up in a small town, um, it's a farmer community outside of Paris called Nicholas County, Carlisle. Okay. You, I don't know if you are familiar with it at all. We are very familiar with, uh, uh, you said Paris. Paris, Paris yeah. yeah. Bourbon County High yeah, School. Yeah. So we used to play soccer back yeah. in high school. That's not we didn't have a soccer team. Oh, wow. <laughs> I played football and that was nice. it. I, I ran track and played football. So, yeah, I ran yeah. Yeah. So, um, But, uh, you know, so for me, it was, it was, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, it was a small town and we're talking 1800. Oh wow! Right. And, that, and, that many and, and I graduated. There were seventy-two people in my graduating class. Wow! So that's how small it was. And out of that seventy-two, um, I think probably twelve or maybe fifteen went to college. Wow! Yeah. Wow. So it was a farming wow. community ba- built in in a factory. There was Jockey International yeah. was there. That was the home of Jockey International. It went overseas and kind of closed that factory. So a lot of people in the community had to come to Lexington and other places for for factory jobs and things mm-hmm. like that. But so I was always trying to, to, you know, have my own style and all that. So I can, I can, I know how you feel from that standpoint. Yeah. Going to school and everybody making fun of me, be like, what do you wear? What is that? What are those shoes? Right, right. And of course I felt, I was confident. I felt good. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and um, that was, that was the important thing. And then it's funny because like two or three weeks later, you'd see somebody wearing the same thing. Yeah. You yeah, know, right. so you kind of feel, that makes you feel good when you create that style or that yeah. trend. Absolutely. But you know, Little did a lot of people know that I was, I was pulling that from, you know, every album I looked at, every <laughs> album cover, every magazine and I looked just, at. It's inspiration. Yeah, you know? and, and it inspired me to yeah. do that. And, um, you know, so so talk about that. How you know culture has influenced not yeah. only your all's yeah. style, but just in general across you know across the world. You know, especially in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, speaking on that, it's actually big, man. Like I say, this goes, uh, this is even beyond fashion. This is almost like an historical event uh, to, for me. And I'll say even for, uh, for the nature of our country's sake, you know, how, just how everything just came up as far as like the fashion culture and things like that. Uh, because within the DRC, we have this movement, it's called uh, Les Sapers, right? And this is just a bunch of great guys men and women, not only guys, who have get together and they've used style as a platform uh, to, to express themselves uh, in positivity because I don't know if you know anything about the DRC, like the country has been going through a brutal civil war since 1994, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the Congo has a lot of history with that. Uh, so that, like I said, that movement of the Saber kind of like gives people something to believe in and it gives people a sense of dignity and a sense of humanity just by putting on clothes, right? And by you walking upside down the street, it makes you forget about your problems, right? And and, and it, like I said, it gives you that life confidence to move in in life that way, regardless of what's going on around you, at least you have something to be proud of, right? You can get together uh, with a group of guys who think like you, uh, basically just a community 
that accept each other and everybody's focusing to the same goal, right? Which is just uplifting one another, you know? And, and, and the story of that even goes beyond that because a lot of the things, most people don't know this, uh, I'm sure people do, those who are educated on that subject, like a lot of people don't know that there were African soldiers who fought during World War II. Mm-hmm. Right. When we think about World War Two, we only think about the Allies, and I don't know what the other ones. What do you call them? Like the Axis, and they, what? What I like? You know, I know it was Germany, Italy on one he's side. The history history guy, my strong. He's the history guy. Yeah. We talked. Well, I history. Got shot away from those. Well, right. Like you know, but it, I'm like when we talk about when we think about World War Two or even World War One, we only think about I'm gonna keep it okay. The European countries and the you know in the United States, right? A lot mm-hmm. of people really don't know that there were a lot of Africans that even fought during the war. Right, and so the way it, it was done, so after World War II, right, majority of those African soldiers that fought during the war, a lot of them did not get paid, like by currency, you know, they didn't pay them with currency, cash, mm-hmm. or anything like that. So in return, a lot of all these Western countries, they paid them in clothing, right? So so once when those guys got back into the country, right, and, and it was something new, because that was like a reward. Can you imagine people went and fought for their lives and they were paid back? You know, clothing was like something that they, as I was saying, thank you, Yeah. you know, and I'm sure those guys probably didn't mind because they knew probably in their mind they're probably fighting for something bigger than themselves, right? So, but that was the price. That, that, that's what they got back in return. So by the time they got back, let's say in Congo, where I'm from, right, and the movement started, like, you know, those soldiers who went and fought during World War II, everybody was looking at them like in the streets, like, damn, where'd you get this shirt at? You know, so it was something new. So they brought a new... Uh, they, they, they brought in a new culture without even realizing. So it, people were totally unaware of what was going on, but they could recognize what they were wearing, yeah. right? And from there on, the culture grew bigger and bigger and bigger till this day, I'll be honest with you. The movement is so bigger, and it's, and, and it's also, you'll be surprised, like, you know, it's, 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 it's some of the worst places, you know, in the DRC. But just the vibe and the confidence within the people, you'll be like, man, how these people make it? And that's what clothes has been able to do for them. Right, historically, which was a horrible thing, you know, but it turned out to be something beautiful because, like I said, the civil war is still going on to this day, and clothes gives people something to drive off where they can forget about the problems. So right. that's where it comes for me because even within our music, that's what they talk about. They sing about this thing, so it's almost like a history lesson to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we know where our, you know, all these things originated from. You know, so it, you know, it's like I said, it's a movement, and it's a very popular movement in the DRC. Right, if you just go on your YouTube, whatever you type in, the Saper or Sap, Sapology, you will find those guys out there. You know, some of them a little bit, you know, extra, you know, they're, they're out there. Those guys got charisma yeah. and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you, you, you see the goal and the vision, right? You understand, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's that's pretty much, that's the history of like where all that mesh up. And so they built, you know, just to kind of build on that. So it sounds yeah. like, you know, you know, not getting paid. So they, their passion, their, that, that love that they had for, the clothing and the things that they were getting, yeah, you know, that kind of fed their soul, right? Yeah. From that standpoint, and like yeah. you said, it gave them that, that, that life, that spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things I, I yeah. love about your page, man, is because you know, it's not you, you know, it's like you see the picture of, of you and, and you know, the, your style from head to toe looking yeah. cool, and uh, but but, <laughs> Thanks, the, but, 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 the, but the thing is that you yeah. that you, you look at that and you're like, man, you know, Philip looks awesome, and then you go down and you read the caption, yeah. and it's like. This is bigger than what he's wearing. This is bigger yeah. than than this picture. You know, this is he's talking from his heart, and yeah. and so that's one of the things I, I love I love about you um, and what you do. 
So um, talk talk a little bit, Albert. What do you think as far from a culture standpoint uh, with passion? Yeah, it ain't bad. It definitely hit you on the head. But I think about even when just the history of Africa, and uh, you know, uh, if you look at like Egyptians, all the first people very much, you know, like you know, they use this kind of makeup. You know what I mean? And uh, and just how a lot of Africans, uh, tribes, and all that stuff. Some people with big earrings, longer neck holes. You know, like when the necks are so long. You know, and all that. And that's all it's fashion. Don't cheat the people. Don't cheat the people. Yeah. The people, yeah, man. yeah, yeah well, and, and Albert, Albert, soft spoken. <laughs> he, he has a lot of good stuff he said. <laughs> I just hope everybody can hear it. Yeah. Well, no, that is. I feel like that is just the way to express themselves. There was a lot of people, like even in Africa today, that there was men had to dress differently just to build themselves, to get themselves titles. We had to prove women, uh, hey, this this is, look what I have, look what I can do. Look, look, look at all these rings that I have, you know? This is what, this is the type of warrior I am. Or, you know, uh, you know, I am worthy of becoming a man that you think I'm gonna be for you, right? And that, all of that was a sense of passion. You know, mm -hmm. and and that is the love that it's it's bigger and above and beyond all of our imagination, right? And then then you move all across the other world, you know, in, in Florence, Italy, Pitiomo, right? Uh, the biggest fashion, you know, thing ever, right? You know, every year, you know, yeah. and uh, and there's people from all over the world that will come over and, and unity. You know what are your what are your whatever your skin color may be mm -hmm. what are you you know your where wherever you're from you know yeah. and everybody has one thing in common right and one thing that I've realized that does that a lot is food and fashion oh yeah you know and like, music and, and, and music yeah and music and we brought hip hop earlier and hip hop was just a form of expressing themselves telling you know communicating in the in, in a corner way. You know, especially when hip hop started, you know, you know, and a lot of people were not able to express themselves in because of political gain, you know, political uh, crisis mm -hmm. situations. So hip hop was that, you know, it was like a hated society. You know, this is hey, I'm gonna talk about this. Only people from my own kind or from my own society, from my own community, will be able to understand what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, oh yeah. And fashion is the same way. Yeah. Um, and then giving over to like style, right? So when I dress people, and that's what I think about, you know, yeah. I, 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 I look at you and I see the way you move, the way you talk, your energy, everything, and I put that into fashion and I put you, I put it back on your body, mm -hmm. right? And you're gonna style me then, right? Yeah, and that's what my culture has been very beneficial for me, you know, right. and for us, I mean, yeah. and, and we we and earlier you brought up about trends. I'm like, I, I think we trendsetters. Uh, and I know for me for sure because I see the world in my own image, and and the world is not like that in reality. And I uh, and I know I'm gonna change that. Mm -hmm. And every day I work hard to change one man at a time. Absolutely. And and that's what trendsetters are. Right. Yeah. What are you garden designer? What are you cooker or yeah. chef? Whatever. Yeah. Right. You, let's touch on that because you talked. Uh, we're we're on that the, you know, you know, creating change and, yeah. and and I think that does. I think the one thing when you look at the one thing that everybody loves, you're right. It's food and it's you know it's style or fashion. It's, you know they all have their own style or fashion. Mm -hmm. Some yeah. good, some bad. 
and then music. Yeah. Um, you know, you you brought up hip hop and how that how they express. You know, that was the way they expressed themselves right. and told their story. And yeah, that's one of the reasons I love I love blues music. Right. Yeah. Because before hip hop, that, that was, was where, that was yes, that's where yes, they told that jazz, story yeah. jazz, and jazz, yeah. and, and 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 you could almost feel the you know you could feel the the heart and the soul and the passion behind yes. the yes. story that they were telling. Yes. I, I love I don't like new country music. I love old country music <laughs> because of that reason. Right. They tell a story. Yes. And um and, and my buddies get on me a lot because I it's, I'm struggling really hard to get on board yes. with yeah. a lot of the new hip hop. Yeah. Because yeah, definitely. Because right, because you know your yeah. day, your day <laughs> soul and your child called quest. It was just there was such so a meaning much. behind it, and so yeah. much soul, and you felt that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now yeah. I just feel like people are mass producing this yeah. or that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I struggle with that from a music standpoint. Well, let's stay on let's stay on the culture uh, uh, aspect of things. Right. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like to answer that question, and 100%. while. All these guys were talking, especially I think you are uh, you're the one that started out with the whole like hip hop and how influential mm -hmm. it is. And one thing I thought about when you opened out with that, and I think Albert mentioned that Philip did as well. I was like one of those guys. Philip was really great at soccer. He's always outside practicing, and I was always the guy inside trying to know, trying to figure out like what's going on with the trend. Yeah. Hey, Philip, did you hear about this guy? Named <laughs> Hey, Phil. That's why I say did you, know, you hear? Guy. Did you hear about this new guy called Aesop Rocky? Did you see the crew? Do you see how everybody's is dressing? You know? Yeah. Hey, did you hear about this person? You know? And I feel like that's what hip hop has done yeah. for us as far as like fashion goes. Like when we, whenever we watch these guys, yeah. we take a little bit of, of whatever style they have. Mm -hmm. And then um, when these guys started the page in the beginning, it all started out as. Ambassador, right, right, and right. I always feel like that term in itself, yeah, uh, for us being in the United States, I feel like we are ambassadors in a way because, yeah, we've lived half of our life over yeah. here and we lived half of our lives back home. We tried to kind of like mesh those two styles, and when I when I think about meshing two styles, I go back to like my wedding. I recently got married back in October. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. It was it was a good time. We have a video. We have to show him. We've got a pillow. Just pick it up. Albert has, uh, <laughs> Albert has the whole pillow. He dressed me for the wedding. Yeah. So wow. I'll, I'll definitely show it to the to everybody. But um, <laughs> what, so I, cool. what I was thinking about was just how we were able to embrace the two cultures. Yeah. So for the at the church, we had the suits on. And then as soon as we got to the reception, we all transition into like our African attires, yeah. you know, so that shows how much, you know, culture plays yeah. um, um, a big part in our fashion in itself, right? And then right. secondly, you know, the people that we around. I went to uh, Earlham College. It's one of the most diverse schools uh, in the United States. I was going to school with people from the Middle East, Hispanics. His lady is, you know, Hispanic and He's around that uh, that environment. I'm around that environment as well. Like just seeing how, let's say, for example, uh, Hispanics dress. Yeah. How people from the Middle East dress. You know, culture in itself. The United States is a melting pot. So, mm -hmm. culture, our culture in itself has influenced us big time. The people that we are around, we try to be around people from different yeah. backgrounds. That has also played a huge part. Yeah. You know, and as I mentioned earlier, 
we try, we also try to steal from each other a little bit of whatever Philip has, a little bit of whatever Albert has, and a little bit of, of whatever I took from elsewhere. So yeah, definitely, man. Culture has uh, played a huge part in, in our fashion, uh, a, a great deal. Yeah, a great deal. Yeah, sure. big time, big time. Like for me. My, you know, this guy, Papa Wemba, who's a country icon, recently passed away like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Like what he was able to do with coach, he was like the run DMC of the company, mm-hmm. you know? Same thing like we're talking about, because when you look at the Adidas, that's what you think about, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you when you see a guy who's just well-dressed in the middle of the street yeah. in the VRC, the first guy that comes in mind is Papa Wemba, because like I said, he was the one that was able to set that trend and take it to the next level right in the, in the early 70s right but and that's when like these became accessible guys could travel go to europe yeah and see what's out there a little bit so they also bring a little bit of that combined plus what they got from the 40s and the 50s you know so now wimba was able to bring like Versace and valentino womo and and nesta womo and 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 all those brands like Congolese, and he and he sang about it like he has a songs like in every album of papa wimba at least there's two songs on it just dedicated to fashion and all the brands in the world you know, yeah. and that was also one way of him just educating the world, not to brag about what he has, but that was his way of educating our culture. Like there's more out there into the world that we haven't seen. And it would be great if you guys can, you know what I mean? And, and oh, have yeah. this access and just see, not necessarily buy these things, but just open your eyes, you know, because there's more out there to the world. Uh, because if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the first superstar from the Congo to win perform in Japan. It's true. You know, like, like this is Papa Wemba from Congo, and, and you have Japanese folks are singing Bengala, you know, in a stand. You know, you're like, how? But the relationship came through fashion first because the Japanese knew his love of fashion, and that's how you communicate. Oh, yeah. And they brought him all the way up to Japan. That's true. And that's also representing Congo, you know, so he's yeah. almost like a Congolese ambassador in Japan. And he's touched on it early in terms of our name, as far as like KY ambassador. That's literally where it all comes from. Okay. You know, we are a representation of our culture right here in the United States, right? Yes, dressing up is cool and everything. I would touch base on this in terms of like what it does with the suits. It's just more than just you putting on that piece. Okay, the money's there, gone. No, it's tuning into your whole humanity, man, and that's what it's all about. I think he's. I don't know if he said it. If he can inspire one minute at a time. That's what life is all about. You know, it's about uplifting one another and inspiring each other. We all love food. We all love fashion. Why not use it in a positive way that can bring the world together? And that's what I try to do to my page. You know, I understand like the style is great and I love the clothing and I love the interaction. But at the end of the day, there's more to it than me, right? It's it's giving my community, especially the refugee community, right? Because we talked about culture earlier, right? We grew up in a world where like education is the only thing that is viewed as your way to improve your upward mobility within a society, right? I play college soccer. My guy plays college soccer. He plays soccer as well. Like we were able to earn scholarship through football here in the United States, right? But that opportunity is not very accessible back home because it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So your parents, their main focus is you have to get the education. You know, even what my guy is doing right now, like if he would have had that conversation with his parents back home, they would look at him like, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's a ludicrous step. Go finish your education first, yeah. then go open up the shop, yeah. right? So me being able to understand that, yes, the fashion, the page is there, but there's also a community that follows me. And I'm also sending a message to these young folks that listen up, kids. Just the fact that you were here and here and here and here, there's more to yourself that you can tap into, right? Look at me. It doesn't matter because I'm a youth program director of a nonprofit that doesn't define me as my role. Just because I'm a coach doesn't mean I can't be involved with fashion mm-hmm. or podcasting or you know speaking for the community or whatever, right? We're human beings because I think part of the problem is also sometimes we only view ourselves as physical beings. 
right? But we are more to that. We're relational, spiritual, mental, and physical at the same time, right? So that's that's part of humanity. So I view all that in one because when I'm posting my posts, I'm only looking at my physical appearance, right? But when you read the caption, I hope it sends a message that oh, I'm yeah. telling you it's just more than just showing up and looking fresh. And that's what that's you what know? I said. We you know you, you yeah. when you see the picture, you know, if you're not if you if you don't know you as a person, yeah. you know, and you know, reading the caption, I mean, it just it, it tells everything about you, you know, the person that you are and kind of what you represent. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Albert mentioned earlier changing one person at a time, yeah. you know, one human being at a time. So the last two weeks has been absolute chaos, yeah. you know, all over. And, um, you know, I noticed your bracelet with the Black Lives Matter yeah. movement and you know, I've had this for like two years now. So, <laughs> so my question around this is, yeah. you know, is that maybe where is that? Do you all feel like maybe that's maybe where a barrier is from a from a race standpoint with a lot of people um, in America that they they're not open to learning and understanding? Yeah. You know, the culture aspect of it or the history aspect of it, or yeah. you know, because everybody has uh, everybody has you know certain type of feelings yeah when it comes to you know what affects their mindset and, and their opinions and things like that but you know do you think part of it is is that people just aren't open to the mindset of understanding what brings us together because we talked about you know we all eat food. yeah we all <laughs> you know we all dread wear clothes we yeah. all listen to different types of music and things like that yeah but um, you know do you think that that where does that come into play to people kind of being, I guess, not educated or yeah. understanding what they need to I mean, understand? Before we even dissect that, right? And I hope our viewers don't get this perspective in any way wrong, right? And I'm glad, Leslie, I'm happy you brought this question, mm -hmm. right? Because I think for those who can be the three of us, they probably know where we stand, right? So before we dissect into it, I want to hear kind of like your perception, you okay. know, and some of this what's going on right now and how you feel about the whole thing, because I think... You know, that's, you know, that's where we can start, yeah. you know, by, by listening well, to the other first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, for yeah. me, it starts with my parents. Both my parents have passed away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was raised in a uh, church community. Okay. And, and so for me, there was, it was, it was, it was put into me by my parents to yeah. love everything, every human being, every living thing. And that's how I've, I've lived my entire life. Now to say, obviously, you know, this this is this is this feels different. Mm -hmm. You know what's going on right now. What's happened the past two weeks yeah. feels different. And you know, for me, from my standpoint, as being a very privileged, you know, white person, uh, growing up as a kid and still today, you know, um, for me, you know, I never, I won't ever know what it feels like for someone to get mistreated or something to that effect. I've been very privileged, mm -hmm. and um, but from the standpoint of understanding how to treat other people and what it means to love other people and treat humans the way that you you would want to be treated you know, yeah. like that's god's message you know treat others the way that you would want to be treated yeah that's how i've always viewed what i do every yeah. day yeah. you know even you know using sales as an example working with different people it's not about what i sell it's not about the money aspect of it it's about connecting and mm. understanding you know their point of view and understanding, you know, where they're coming from, who they are as a person. Yeah. So for me, you know, um, the, the past 
you know, for me as a kid, you know, you're, you you live a very selfish life. Sometimes right. you try to control the things that are around you. You're focused on, you know, girls and and other things in life. You know, trying to yeah. you know finish school, get out of school, and you don't really think about the people around you outside of your little bubble. Right. As an adult, that you know that mindset changes. You have children. You have a family. You care, you know, you want them to grow up a certain way and think and feel a certain way. Can't always, you know, that doesn't always happen. Right. They take their own paths. But for me, you know, the once I started focus, not focusing on myself as an individual, which sometimes is hard to do, even as an adult, you start opening your eyes to the things around you and the things that aren't fair, the things that affect people differently. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's never been about, you know, race. It's more of been about treating humans the way they need to be treated, right. the way that I want to be treated. And that's what I teach. That's what I teach my kids. Yeah. You know, that's the way I was taught by my parents. Um, you know, I will say this, you know, um, with social media and everything that's out there right now, it, you know, little things talk about taking trends, like taking pieces here and there from people's yeah. fashion and taking it and making it your own. You know, it's been really cool to be able to see people's perspective and, and, and their way of thinking, and then being able to research that, look at that, understand it, and, and, and kind of, you know, learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key for me yeah. from that standpoint. Yeah. You know, I will never understand, you know, I, I will never understand what it means to be harassed Absolutely. And, but I do understand that that's not how you right. treat people. Right. And I would never want that for myself, my yeah. kids, or anybody around me. Right. And so for me, it's more based on, um, a, from, a, from that perspective, from a religious standpoint, yeah. um, just treating people the way you want to be treated. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the key. That's the way I've always lived my life. Yeah. I mean, I'm the guy, I, you know, for me, and my wife kind of messes with me, but, you know, I, I'll get a spider in the house and release it outside. I don't I'm, kill I'm it. With you. So, so I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm wired that way. I've yeah. always been wired that way yeah. my entire life. Yeah. Um, but, but for me, I think the one thing is, is that even at 41 years old, you think that, you know, you think that you understand and that, you know, mm-hmm. but I will never understand and I will never know. Man. So for me, it's about hearing, listening, understanding, yeah. And, and, and being able to take what I'm, I'm taking in from other people um, and being able to, you know, educate my kids and the people around me. And I think what Albert said a minute ago, I mean, yeah. one person at a time, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I've always, I've never ever even crossed my mind that, you know, that I would, you know, anything would come out of my mouth or anything from a racist standpoint but it's not really so much um, that I'm not a racist. It's just that what have I been doing as a human being right, to right. acknowledge the fact that this is an issue, this right. is a problem, and how do we change that? Yeah, that's true. Um, so, you know, I think it's easy for us individually to kind of take a step back and yeah. say, man, I'm going to worry about my family. I'm going to worry about the things that are around me, the things that right. I control. You know, I got financial issues or I got this or that, and it's easy to lose focus on the big picture. I think the big picture is 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 finding a solution that everyone can feel 100% free, comfortable, loved, and at peace. You know, 
and everywhere they are in the United States and well, all over the world for that matter. I mean, you brought up the Congo a minute ago. I mean, they've been, I mean, you know, they've been fighting for years and years and years. And, um, you know, you could definitely probably educate me a lot more on that, but I think it's based on land. Is that, is that a little bit of it or not? It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's kind of where I stand, yeah. you know, right. um, and um, I hope that answers your question yeah. in a roundabout way. But, you know, for me, to, just to kind of sum it up, and for me, in a bottle, if I was to put it in a bottle, man, yeah. I'm all about, I'm all about loving other people and, 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 you know, treating others the way that I want to be treated. And, um, you know, my wife jokes with me, but I invest, I like to invest in the people around me and in my network and the people that are showing me that investment as well. So that love and that energy and that support. And I've always, I've always been wired that way. And Absolutely. so makes a lot of sense. And uh, I would like to take a stab at your question. And um, these are conversations that, that we'd like to, to have because as much as, you know, as much as we are Africans in the United States, we are black men in America. Coming here as, as teenagers, um, and these guys, could, they could back me up. Most of us, like when we first came to the United States, we had that talk. And that talk was, these are African-Americans. You guys are Africans. These guys are this way. And I think that this is a very honest conversation that we should yeah. all be having. Yeah. Uh, but I think that all three of us took a step. We say, you know what? Yeah, we are Africans and these guys are African-Americans, but we are young black men and we experience the same thing. And by, by the talk, I'm talking about these are conversations that we will have with our parents because, again, like Philip always says, the media does a great job playing with people's emotions. And I think that the media has done uh, a poor job dividing people. And I'm not talking about every media, but I feel like to a degree, there's that division that has been uh, uh, put into society. Like black people are supposed to be this way. Africans are this way. White people are this way. Asian people are this way, you know? But I think that the only thing that we could do is to come together and try to coexist. So to answer your question, I think that exposure you know uh, exposure is definitely what is gonna make us better mm -hmm. you being able to have this conversation with us and maybe we can reach more people yeah you know like the the, the audience that you that, that we can reach mm -hmm. i feel like that's gonna help a whole lot because uh even myself you know coming coming to the united states i was just having this conversation with my neighbor who's from iraq uh uh I was telling him that, hey, growing up as a kid, I remember in 2003, I was still back in Zambia, and I remember when the United States went over there. And some of the images that I, uh, I saw on television about people from Iraq, it was, you know, people bombing things and things. That's what I understood those people were like, mm -hmm. you know? Again, exposure, going to a very diverse school, having, you know, you having lunch with these people, breakfast with these people, dinner with these people, playing soccer, losing games, winning together. Yeah, like, oh my God, you're such a cool person. Mm -hmm. So I had my own biases as well, you know? So to answer your question, I think that exposure, the more we all try to do things together, I think that that's, that is definitely going to help. And that's what led that. me to, to that because, you know, I think about that and, and the people that, you know, that aren't traveled or haven't had the 
opportunity to to experience have that experience or yeah. to to go other places and and you know understand different cultures and understand you know that side of things you know I think that that's part of it and what they're getting is they're not they're not experiencing it as a person yeah they're taking what's being told to them on yeah. the computer or on TV right, right. Uh, or I through mean, music or whatever it may whatever I, that I'll take it part of the into our education system. Oh, I think 100%. that's some of the problems where most of the problems starts from, if you ask me, because again, we're just having a conversation, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't. Have no, no, this is what we want. This is what we want. I mean, this is this is what this is what needs to be. You know, yeah. no, don't. This is raw. This yeah. is okay. say what you want to say. Absolutely, like I say, you know, we're not here to exclude anyone or to offend anyone, but this is the truth. And a lot of the time is we don't have honest conversation, like my brother is talking about. Like he admitted. You know, and I have the same biases coming in. I was told from the get with the African American way group to not associate with it. You know, just from the jump. You know, and and that played into our parents' why, mind. Why? Why was that? Uh, I'll say again, it's the constructed ideal by the media, right? Okay. Creating that separation. So there's a lot we can, you know, there's a lot that that we can talk about. This is a subject for another. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, of course, we all know it. Even us, the people. You know, we all get mistreated in everyday situations, right? Like you touch base on it. Like sometimes we just take that step back because it's, you know, to our own best of interest, right? In the sense of like, I have a family, I need to take this step back. So there's no need for me to be getting into stuff like that. So, you know, it's not affecting me much. But we all know that if we all come together as a group and say, hey, enough is enough, we have the power. I think sometimes we underestimate ourselves as people on how, just based on how much power we have, you know? And I think that's key, understanding that. Right, it's not so much about that particular group or that particular group because that's what creates division, right? And and just speaking, just going back to the topic, I had the same biases he had, right? I was told get go from the beginning like African Americans were a group to be not not to be associated with, and I think every foreign, if I'm not mistaken, I couldn't speak to everybody, but I think I would say this: most foreigners have this perception, like as soon as they land here, they already know that African Americans are a group to not to be associated with, and this is based on things that they receive in the media. Things that's been televised into their country, like black men all the time being locked up in jail, and things, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and always getting into riots and confrontation with the police and problems with the government. And Philip, I was also going to say, maybe yeah. to just kind of like give him context, yeah. kind of give him your experience as, because when we first arrived in the United States, it wasn't a lot of us at yeah. that time, too. So our experience, it's like a group of people have a perception of these people this right. way, you know. Africans are supposed to be this way. Yeah. And, you know, vice versa. We also think that yeah. African Americans are supposed to be this way. Maybe you yeah. can kind of like explain to him yeah. your experience. And, and definitely. Not. And the, the only way, I mean, to, to make this short, and I'll say this, is because you look at us, right? And I hate to say this word, like, like we are not a third world country if you look at the resources mm -hmm. that we have in our yeah. countries. But it's BS. But that gets played in people's mind. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's terms like mm -hmm. that, you know? And people grow up and believe in, like, wow, Africa or Central America or whatever. They're third world countries. We're not. We just have a problem with the lack of political organization. Again, it's about the unity coming together for the best interest of the people, you know, and that doesn't happen very often around the world. So where I'm going with this in the sense of like we having that perception of like not to be associated with African Americans, our country already gone through so much ups and downs and chaos, right? And when we see things on the media of them behaving like that, right, with that message also being sent to us, we're looking at them from afar like, Look at these idiots. Like, how can you waste an opportunity of a lifetime in America where you can just be playing with your life and not really taking full advantage of it? 
Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we didn't, we don't know, and we they never share with us is the historical fact, right? In the sense that black people in this country were arrived from the names, their culture, their language, everything. They had to start from the beginning, like from the zero. And it's incredible how they were able to even create a family in the midst of all the odds that they had to go through. You see what I'm saying? We had no idea about all that. We're just coming up here like, oh yeah, everybody's created equal. America money grows on tree, and these guys are wasting opportunities <laughs> mm-hmm. over a lifetime. But it's not that. There's so many laws, such you know, institutional racism that is still in play till this day that it's holding families back for generations and generations, right? And the cycle continues within the community, right? It's things like that that we have to talk about that people are affected by these policies that we have in place till this day, you know? So, so, and, and that's why it's so important to have this conversation as well, and also history, right? And, and to me, as a Christian, as a believer, one thing that I have a problem with is that most of the time I have a conversation with my fellow believers is they use our religion as a way of, as an escape in some way. Not mm-hmm. a, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, this is what God told me to. I absolutely agree with you. God did tell each and every one of us to love one another, mm-hmm. but he also told us to clothe the poor, to feed their hunger, and to oh, be yeah. with them, and to look out with them. And I feel like we always we always miss that part, you know, when it comes to including our faith, combining with what's going on with the current situation. We always miss the interaction part, right? I mean, the Apostle Paul talks about it so many times in the, in the New Testament, and some of like our reconciliation with God, which is what eventually will lead us from reconciling with one another, right? And this is a conversation, right? And 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 to me, that's what I say, like that's what most of the problem is. And I don't have a lot of problem with folks. Like, yes, you can teach. Right, not to hate and not to see color, but at the end of the day, it's like, what exactly are you teaching? Are you just teaching not to see yeah. color, or are you truly, truly teaching like the deep roots of the problem? Like, this is how we've gotten here, is because and that's, of this. And that's and what that, I was meaning by yeah. educating and understanding. Yeah, you know, understanding what that, what you know, you you touched on so many things, and we could go on. <laughs> but you know, history, the history books. Yeah, you know, I mean, that that has to clearly that has to change. And, you know, I was joking earlier, I wasn't very good at history. I didn't pay a lot of attention. I didn't, I didn't like reading stuff I wasn't interested in. Well, it's not so you. for me, it was, you know, for me growing up as a kid, I was more yeah. under, one to understand more of the present and how right. things work right. and what, how this and that, not worry about what happened, you know, in you know, the 1800s or something to that effect. Yeah. And, but for me, you know, as an adult now, you look yeah. back on it and you're thinking, you know, I was selling myself very short by not understanding the full, you know, dynamics of, of history and things like that. Yeah. You talked about, and Albert's being quiet over there, so I can't wait to hear what he says. But, 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 yeah. But you mentioned, man, you having an honest conversation. Yeah. And and I think that's where it's at. We sugarcoat so much as, yeah. as a human. We just we all, you know, say, you know, well, we don't want to say this or we don't want to say that. Right. And from that perspective. You know, I think about myself and I think about some of my friends and that's why I say that if something feels different, something feels different right now over the past two weeks and maybe it's, maybe it's just me, maybe it's affecting me differently. Yeah. Maybe it's opening up a part of my eyes and, and my heart that I didn't, that wasn't open before. Yeah. I don't know, but I can tell you that I, I see, I, I see my friends now and I see they're hurt. And I see that they're upset yeah. and I see that they want that something has to change. Right. And for me, we, we all went through the kind of the pleasures of life and enjoying each other and our families and everything like that. Yeah. And, and that conversation was never had. I was never, you know, 
nobody's looked at me and, and, and not that they should have yeah but having that honest conversation and just yeah. saying yeah. you know putting it out there and saying man you know I, this is bothering me this yeah. is something that I'm struggling with or this is something I've struggled with for a long time right and I think that's where it starts you yeah. know and when you start that honest conversation yeah. and that open you know conversation then it then it creates a whole different dialogue. Yeah, no, you're right. Like for me as a believer, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is when Christ talks about like we must people are afraid to come to the light because they're afraid that their evil deeds will be brought up to the light. Right? To me, even as an individual, when I read that, that clearly speaks to me because I'm like, Yeah, I need to do a better job of being a better person tomorrow because today I clearly wasn't or I had a shitty day. You know, it happens. I don't know if you're allowed to, you know, to say that, but it speaks my brain. Oh yeah, no, you no, know? yeah. But like and I think that's also the beauty of it. And I think to me, that's also the beauty of, as a believer, that is uh, the beauty of grace and, and, and just being able to understand it because uh, sometimes as Christians, we tend to look at the Ten Commandments as a punishment from God. But me, I look at that as an act of love in a sense of like, he's giving you another opportunity, right? For you to really, really look at yourself and be like, wow, I cannot truly measure myself to his greatness. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's how I have that's my perception towards the Ten Commandments, right? And, and people like to say, like, the law is not relevant, but it still is in some ways. But, you know, it, it, again, oh, it, yeah. it's being able to understand all that. You see what I'm saying? Like, and you can say, even with us as Christians, right? We are so, like, I can't call out any churches, but, like, so many churches, all they preach about is the New Testament, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all they go with, right? But then we forget about, like, the Old Testament, which is pretty much everything that's foretelling about what the New Testament is going to be mm -hmm. about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So unless if you're believing, if you don't have that concept and understanding, like the Old Testament has been talking about all this, then this is what you see, especially with teenagers, since I work with so many of them, they, you know what I mean? Their faith is all over the place, right? It's because they're missing a little bit of that basic, right? It's very important, right? I read a book by this guy named Sean. He's right here in Lexington. Um, and he's from England. And uh, he wrote a book, it's called The Story of Us, right? And, and, the, and the, the most important thing in that book something that I, my, my, my takeaway was he emphasized on how important it is to continue to tell the story of God, right? And he gave the example of the children of Israelites, especially when Moses was delivering them out of Egypt. God clearly told them, Moses, the reason why these fools are misbehaving like this is because I haven't appeared to them like I did to their forefather, which is Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. You see what I'm saying? Like Moses understood that perspective, which is what allowed him to carry on with the mission. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can talk about the same thing with Christ. The king asked him, are you the true son of God? He said, you say I am. And I think that speaks deep, not only, regardless of what your religion is, but I think that says something about identity and understanding your true self and where you come from and where you believe in and what you know, right? And the Christ wasn't replying there as a smart ass. No, you say I am the son of God. Nah, he was actually giving them a book to read. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think we can relate, if we relate the same concept, just the way we go on in each and every day into our daily interaction, right? We truly understand it, like, why is this group always angry about this, this, and this? Whether they're just saying, oh, yeah, such and such, you know, it's things like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, I've experienced a lot of, you know, uh, people bumping heads in the sense of, like, you hear one, you know, especially I was born in the 90s, right? A lot of my friends will say, oh, yeah, I have, dude, I totally feel you. I have, you know, I, I don't, I don't hate anybody, you know, I have nothing against racism, which I, I, I truly understand. Mm -hmm. But my point is, do you understand why? Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Do you oh, yeah. even understand why this question exists? You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. not so much about you, yourself, and like, yes, you have nothing to do with it. But you have to understand that you are a product of the system. 
that excluded so many people for generations and generations and generations, right? And that's and I think that's something that can bring us all to the light, right? Like I'm not trying to take it to a, an extreme level. Like this is a movie that was shown in the White House, The Birth of a Nation, right? Like this this was a this was this was a movie pro, you know produced in Hollywood, and, and this was white actors painted in blackface, mm -hmm. and this was shown into the White House. And the characteristic was basically a black man ripping this white woman. What do you think that message was sending to the white society? Yeah, 100%. You see what I'm saying? It's things like that. And people buy in from stuff like that, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't want to face any six foot, six, three black men in the middle of the street by myself because it might be a risk. Because they showed that movie at the White House. They're not crazy for showing that movie at the White mm -hmm. House. There was a reason why they showed that movie at the White House. It's not false. Therefore, it must be true. Therefore, he's a black man. He's six, five. He's this and this. And he's dangerous. You see what I'm saying? So it's understanding that constantly, right? And, and I think with, with African Americans, for my humble, opinion, you know, for my humble opinion, is I feel like they've gone through so much. And this is why I said earlier, I think if we open up, most folks know our struggle and where we come from. That's why I wanted to hear your perspective, mm -hmm. right? You see what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. it's it's that's how we get there to the table, and then we dine together, right? And then and then and then we move on from there, right? I can bring up so many biblical stories because they shaped my life. Right. And and to, to close it with one, I don't know if you remember this story when Jesus went, I think it was Zacchaeus' house, right? At the tax collector, right? And everybody else around them was like, look at him. And they were judging Christ. They're like, how can you be the son of God talking about like you sitting down with prostitutes and tax collectors? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? But Christ was able to turn around to them. He's like, yo, I came to this world for the sick. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Not for those yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's why and it doesn't saying, matter who they are, what they do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All he's trying to do is bring into the kingdom, right? Which is going back. You know, the word religion itself, like we don't talk about it like that. What is religion? What is the definition of religion? Abiding back. What are we trying to abide back to? You see what I'm saying? We don't ask ourselves this question many times. Yeah. Like the word religion itself is abiding back to our true nature of worshiping, which is what you touched on earlier is I am who I am because of who you are. You see what I mean? It sparks a thought in my mind. <laughs> you know, it's we we are so good and so quick to just check the box and yeah. get stuff done. Yeah. And I think religion, you know, everything in our lives a lot of times, you know, it just is easy. And so yeah. you check the box from a religion standpoint and you say that you're a Christian or you're a follower of God and yeah. you don't really even understand the concept or what it's about or the story behind yeah. it. And so Albert, you're being quiet over there. Let's talk uh, no, about. I love this. This is. This I, I want to change. I want to change the script a yeah. little bit, and I want you to talk on this. So you talked about history. You talked about how you know. You know, you talk. You talk a lot. You talked a lot about how, you know, it's perception and how a lot of the people are, are, you know, saying, well, they showed this at the White House or they did this or not, and and we've always as America. As Americans, we've always looked up to our leaders, yeah. our leaders for leader leadership and guidance. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of that, like you said, is put into people's minds from a standpoint of, you know, well, if, if they did this, well, then this must be okay, or this must be the right thing. And I mean, you can break it down from political party to race to religion, you name yeah. it. And yeah. and we can try to, if you believe in that or you feel that way, you try to justify it any way possible. So talk about how do we change that? How do we change that mindset as leaders? Because, you know, we talked a little bit about entrepreneurship. We talked yeah. a lot about how fashion and, and what you do from a standpoint, Philip, we talked yeah. about your page. on. It's not about the picture. It's not about, it's about the message. 
How do we change that? Because I think, you know, you know, you hear so many different voices and you have right. so many people that, so many influencers on social media and everything out there. How do we get the right message out there? How do we change? How do we ch start to change that and, and change that, that curve a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I'm does that make sense? You already got top with that. Oh, man. We spoke about this earlier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I should it's weird because it was today. Um, <laughs> it was meant to be so let it out and be loud so that people can yeah, yeah, talk yeah. loud. Um, the nation is born slow and can die like a curator, right? Uh, and that's Peter Drucker. And, uh, and all this consumerization and discontent, right? And uh, if you understand that, just that part right there, like we're born story, you know, man, raining, like. Think about how Vikings and all these people back in all ages, and we died for the curate. Yellow is epicurism, right? Uh, and it's like, what can people say? Me, 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 me. If you understand the conversation, if every sentence that you open, every time you talk to people, you start with I, uh, it's a selfish thing, right? So we, and being able to understand when to be selfish and selfless is very important, right, in society. So yeah, being selfish is good for you sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's also very, very detrimental for you sometimes, right? Uh, knowing that it's not about you. And uh, mm -hmm. if you look at things like relationships, you know, and uh, it's once you're married, it's not about you anymore. If you like Zyxpays and the chef like you, maybe <laughs> you might need to go to Keynes now, you know? Yeah. you know? So being able to compromise is the key, um, uh, whether it is you have an entity, and yeah. I always think about, different type of people working for me, how do I deal with that? How do I create a culture from that, right? And so for me, I'm more in like a serious situation where if I don't do right, it can affect people's viewpoints and how the company goes forward as an entity, right? And uh, so just to think about that part and being able to understand that some of these laws that were passed, uh, they were they were passed in a way, uh, and, and they, they were changed, right? I mean, they, they, were, they were done a while ago when, uh, if you look at things like discrimination, discrimination used to probably used to work generation, generation ago for safety, like, right? To protect you from predators, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, society today, by tomorrow morning, you can be run by anyone, right? So there's so much mixture of different society and cultures. The brain, the ten thousand, uh, yeah, the ten thousand voices of the old ancestors and generations of old times do not work in our society anymore. So the problem is, how do you adapt, right? Yeah, you know, and uh, it's it start off at home, uh, and uh, and we and he was a really good guy. Like I mean, he brought it up early. It's like, uh, in order for you to do anything out at work or anything else, I want to know how you live at home. Right, and how do you treat your wife? How do you treat your kids and all that stuff before you work for my company, right? Yeah. So, and uh, if you go home and tell your kids to not hang around with certain type of people, and then you come out in public and you smile, it's like, it, and it's we call it taboo conversation. Like you know, talk politics, religious, or race, mm -hmm. right? And it's like a serious situation. There's been a lot of things on religious has been changed. I mean, people. I remember when I came to America, people used to pray in school. Now they don't pray, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and so, uh, and being able to say, okay, uh, we have this type of people doing this, with this type of people doing this, how do we bring them all together? Right. So laws have just been passed as like a bias 
situation, right? So now people, and it's hurting one person, uh, one culture, and it's gaming the other culture. That's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like everybody's low. It's like there is a mixed balance. And in society, when there's a mixed balance, there's no society, because what is society? Society is you and I coming together and saying, hey, we're going to have this uh, moral, uh, we're going to have more norms and these principles, and you and I both can agree on this principle. I will kill you. Okay, if you don't attack my family, and then you don't do the same thing, mm -hmm. and then all that—that's what society is. It's a contract between you and I. Yeah. So if, but if you don't abide by that contract, uh, then we have a disbalance in society, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and if you look at a lot of various economy, uh, I know uh, economics books that they talk about like the invisible hands and all that stuff, and moving all back to the Thirteenth Amendment, where it says everybody's free. Unless you commit a crime, right? Yeah. It's like, oh man, if I commit a crime, then I'm not free anymore. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I think education is key. Uh, knowing the truth, uh, uh, not reading things with the words in mind. Uh, hey, uh, I bought this book. I read this book. Therefore, I believe in this book. Mm -hmm. It's hey, I bought this book. Uh, I like it. What do you guys think? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And so when we read something, we see somebody in uniform, we completely believe and say, hey, that guy's true. That mm -hmm. guy's an honest that guy, right? And uh, because he's wearing a set of uniform, or he's wearing a, uh, he's a doctor, or says to me, but it's not true, you know? Just because I'm a doctor doesn't mean I don't know other stuff, right? Because mm -hmm. there's things I know that I don't know. And it's things I don't know that I don't know. And it's things I know that I know, right? Yeah. So, uh, and a few, the whole moral, the conclusion to that, what can I do tomorrow to start changing this? I think taking a step back and saying, I what is going on? If I don't understand what is going on on the other side, being able to argue, okay, what is the person that disagree with me? What are they thinking? And then what am I thinking? And I should do that research and being able to take up that ego in between right and say okay okay so you think like this you think like this how can we come together and uh and uh coexist in such a very fast world uh and companies if you don't do that you disappear right <laughs> and yeah. so you sit there and you say all right so i have i'm really good at this how can i take that and make it bigger than just me and my product or my entity above and beyond right what am I doing uh, for my own community? What am I doing as a person in my own house with all of my friends, right? Uh, what am I telling my kids, right? Yeah. And and that and he we talked about it today, and then he was like, "Do you think?" He asked me a question, "Do you think that would ever be possible?" And I said, "I know, I think so. Yes, I know so because you can see the generation today, the Gen X, and uh, and and they they perform different." because they have a different tool that you did not have, mm -hmm. that we did not have, right? Mm -hmm. They know that, you know what? I'm allowed to listen to hip hop. I can weigh whatever I want. I know what they're saying. You know what? People in England, I know what they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that. So you will now do that. Our parents, your parents will now do that. Yeah. So it's like very, very quick, right? Mm -hmm. And that information at their own disposal, they say, that's what we have, what we have today. Yeah. Like they, they're coming out and saying, you know what? Whatever you guys believe, enough is enough. Because who's in these high offices and all that stuff? People who don't want to retire, right? They have had this old way of thinking. 
but the world is too fast that you know it's time to change that way of thinking absolutely and it's for us to come out and start doing so getting you think you know you you see a change definitely coming with younger leaders and and yes. people who have a completely changed mindset yes and, and all of that i completely 100 percent agree yes. with yeah. that. um but i just still think we can take it somewhere you know we still have an opportunity right. you know and, and to bring that change you know mm -hmm. not not in the sense of like it's something that needs to happen very distant yes well i mean we are in a moment of crisis right now so we need something that to be done at this particular moment mm -hmm. but yeah of course for the future world i do believe the young people have a different mind just for the same reason you just yes. talked about yeah. today you have a seven-year-old he is living in lexington to have something in common with a seven-year-old that lives in india yeah you know and we can see a little bit of that uh results um based on what's going on right now yeah. with the protesting yeah. and and how people are, uh, are quick to unite yeah. and how they are showing up places you know so, so that's my question philip yeah how do we keep that going because you know, younger generation right yes. now, it just seems to be a a generation that is quick to forget, or yeah. quick to move on to the next next exciting yeah. thing. Yeah. How do we keep that going? How do we keep pushing that? And and what does that look like? For me, if you ask me, since I really work with you know with young people, yeah. And uh, so many times yeah. in situations like this, the young folks can be the scapegoat too, in a sense of like kind of like what I just said, right? It's like you leave it up to the younger generation. They'll kind of fix yeah. it, right? Uh, but if you ask me, this is my honest, humble opinion. Uh, I think it just has to come from the other side, in the sense of like those who are in power and those who have the privilege to make the changes. They have to be the one to be to mad enough and to to recognize the humanity uh, and to listen to the people's voice and really ask like, what are truly these people out here protesting for, and what are they asking? Because if you, and the reason why, like, again, like I said, we're just having a conversation here, not to exclude anybody. And the reason why I wanted you to start with your statement is because I wanted to hear your perspective. Why you see what I'm saying? And I, and I say this is because black folks have been on the front line for years and years and years and years. They had a, took in a horrific video uh, for, you know, pretty much to go viral yeah. for everyone to come to an understanding like, wow, Colin Kaepernick was actually protesting about something. You see what I'm saying? It, 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 so let's touch on that just yeah. real quick. So let, you're you're on a road. I don't want to interrupt. But yeah, you know, yeah. now that's the thing. Yeah. So let we talk. I'm taking it back here. Yeah. We talked about having an honest conversation. Yeah. So yeah. I, I turn on the TV this morning. The first thing I see is that the NFL is coming out. And yeah. That they were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Why Why does it take something like this? Why does it take a, a murder like yeah. you said that goes viral? Why does it take something like this for people to take a step back and say? You know, I might not be right on this situation. Instead, you know, whether you like Colin, uh, Colin Kaepernick as a yeah. football player or whatever, yeah. you know, they kicked him out of what he, what his life, his entire life. They oh, changed sure. his entire life. Oh, sure. You know, he changed, he changed his entire life and other yeah. people's lives. Yeah. Uh, it, it, even bigger than being a football player. Yeah. I mean, I but, but no, you know, sorry. I think about Muhammad Ali That's what with what he, what, with what he stood for, yeah. and 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 I mean. And, he you know, lost his prime years. Yeah, from twenty four yeah. to twenty nine. Because he was prime years. Because he was dedicated to exactly. to the message. Yeah. And so for me, just looking at this, and you know, you see the NFL, and they're like, "Well, we were wrong. We're sorry. We apologize." And you know, I know from a religious standpoint and yeah. and, and uh, Christianity standpoint, I mean, yeah. forgiving 
is important, learning is important, right? And understanding when you're wrong, but why does it take something like this to get to that point? It's a big question. So I coach, right? I coach high school soccer, right? I coach at all levels, right? And for me, I think one of the things that I see most, one of the things that I thrive on, it's recognizing the mistakes that the other coaches are making, which is just, which are fundamental mistakes in the sense of what? You can have a great kid on your team, right? And you can see that from a practice level or whatever. You can be like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna score me a lot of goals, right? And the mistake that most coaches do is they don't take time to evaluate their players and their abilities, right? So if you're just a fast kid and you can do the thing, most coaches go like, okay, I'm gonna put you as a striker now. Mm -hmm. But what that does sometimes to a kid is, that might not be his natural position. I understand we all have to learn to adapt into situations, but especially from a competition standpoint, like if that kid is not comfortable where you put him, and if the other team also recognizes that, then your team is in trouble. Because what's gonna happen is that kid is gonna be confused once they're gonna be throwing him different looks or things just gonna be happening to him. And what's gonna happen is at that moment, that kid is gonna be looking at the bench like, yo coach, I, I don't know what to do. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like you, you've put me here and, and like, come on. Like, and the coach is yelling back at the kid like, you got this ability, he's like, you're fast enough. Like, I don't understand what you're doing today. Like, you should quit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, you, and the kid end up quitting the sports because the coach truly did not take time to understand the quality and the ability of the players. Just because it's good, just because it's fast, it doesn't mean that it can be a goalkeeper or, or a striker for you. You have to know what's best for your team. That can, you see what I'm saying, for the best interest of the team. And it's yeah. the same thing I see in life most of the time, is we expect our children to go out there and not see color, but we don't give them the necessary tool mm -hmm. to go and conquer those, you know what I mean? Those behavior or those, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like the circumstances or whatever that they, right. whatever it is that they'll be facing on later on in life. You see what I'm saying? So what you end up having is you just have a group of people that are just constantly going through the motion, right? And this is why I said earlier, I even have friends, right? And they talk about this stuff all the time, just openly, right? They tell me all the time, feel like I've been loving you since you got to this country. I say, my brother, I have nothing against you. That is, you know, I get that. I love you back. You know, but I just want you to understand the reason why is you don't feel some of these things is because you have been put into an advantage position for birth. Mm -hmm. Since birth. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And that has been able to give you some of the tools that can get to certain places quicker compared to me. I'm, I may have to go through roadblocks, but for you, for the most part, and, and I do understand that this is what most folks get into is because on the other side, you feel like folks are undermining, they feel like you're undermining their work ethic, right? And I hear all the time from my friends, it's like, yo, my parents have worked hard enough their whole life, 100%, 100%. But, you, but you've had a group of people here, you see what I'm saying? It's like, um, I'm, I'm looking for an analogy here, but like, let's say we both showed up, right, on the track, right? You ran track, right? Mm -hmm. And you've got the cleat, right? And I don't, I show up bare feet. I mean, who's more likely? You see what I'm saying? Oh, so, you see what I'm saying? So it, it, it's simple things like that. It's being able to recognize, oh, yeah, the reason why I finished is because I had the tools that can get me there and I had people and the resources that can get me there. Compared to other folks, they don't even know where their resource came, where it's coming from. They don't even know where to go. You see what I'm saying? So can you just imagine on top of that? And on top of that, you're struggling with identity. You should not know where you belong. Because your whole life, I always say this, if people want to understand what's going on through black people's mind, from my humble opinion, is you need to be asking yourself, like, why were these people fighting for civil rights if they were classified as citizens in the first place? Right. You see what I'm saying? I mean, 
You know what yeah. I mean? If you're fighting for civil rights, that means you have perceived yourself as not a citizen. Right. Therefore, you're fighting for your citizenship right. Yeah. You see it's what I'm saying? Wide, so it's crazy. That's my perspective. If a tree falls down, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of us are like, and like I said, that tree, the definition is just that. A lot of trees has fallen and the forest is almost over and now people are realizing oh my gosh yeah i hear a tree you know and that's what it took right it took a lot of people to protest that's the tree falling right and everybody's like recognizing that place, right when uh if there was no cameras or all that stuff and things that have happened and if you catch me stealing from you it's not really it's maybe the first time that you caught me stealing it's not the first time i've saw it from you yeah. Right? So it's those things where we have those tools now that you can't hide anymore, right? And and a lot of people being caught right handed. Mm -hmm. So the only way, the way the system is created in America is like when you're out there, yeah, you gotta reside, you gotta like pay for it, because now everybody knows that. But if no one knows about it, hey, it's okay, you know? Like just it never happened. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So now and people see that, they're like, man, like this happened, this kid happened, this thing happened, this thing happened. And even people of not just like our own race, but it's Hispanic, it's Asian, they all over the process, there were Asian people, there were people from all over the place. And uh, it's uh, like he told me, it's not a race issue, it's a, it's a racism issue. Uh, and I love that because it's, there's, there's been that, hey, you know what? Um, you are second class, your, your generation is always going to be second class. And I feel like some of those generations, uh, uh, they are old that missed those mistakes of, of uh, I, I, in my own perspective, economic wise, I would like to say generation wealth, right? And yeah. it's this, they're delayed. And uh, of our furnace have been true, like you've been, like you say. And on top of that, I know he's telling his son, hey, be careful out there when you go outside and play, you know, because remember you're like, hey, and then you're telling your son, hey, son, let me tell you this, you know, you go out there, you become a great basketball player, and then you can do it, you can conquer whatever you want, conquer in the world. So those mm -hmm. kids go out and they're playing, his kid has a different mindset. Like, I got to be careful because my dad said, I'm black. And so let me just yes. give you my thinking yes as yeah. you say that yes so i send my son out to play yes and and i know once not one time do i look at him or think about the police a policeman bothering him or somebody harassing him yes. from that standpoint yes i'm worried about child predators i'm yes. worried about yeah. people picking him up and yes. turning, yeah. taking him and my daughter as yes. well right and my daughter's 14 and my son's 13 right so those are the things that i you know yeah. because i don't know the other side of that yeah. right but I can't even imagine that feeling, and I can't imagine what that conversation sounds like. Right. I can't imagine what your seven, you know, what your son feels like, or, 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 you know, if your parents were having that conversation yeah. with you. I can't understand how you digested that as right. a child. Right. And 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 so for me, when I take a step back, I think, I mean, yeah, I see why people are angry. I see why people yeah. feel this way because not only is it happening, right, but you know, it's, you know, that's, that's how they've had to, you, I mean, you've had to live that, you know, that your entire life, you were taught, your parents were explained it to you and, and talked to you, had that conversation with you. You know, I think about growing up as a kid, 
and it was different, obviously, in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. you, you just didn't worry about much. But I grew up in a small town, and I still tell the stories to my kids about being able to go from the my house in town there and drive, like, ride my bike all the way to the school, which is on the other side of town. Mm -hmm. And I stopped at every store. I stopped at every, I knew everybody in the community. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'd throw my bike down, you know, talk about having respect for what you own and mm -hmm. things like that. I remember yeah. throwing my bike down at night and not thinking twice about it. Right. Although it did get stolen three times. <laughs> but, but, you know, my wife jokes with me and tells me that I didn't deserve it anyways. If I wasn't going to take better care of it, somebody else needed it. Yeah. But, you know, I just yeah. think about that as a kid. And I think about how, you know, how, just how made my kids have it right now from a standpoint of, like you said, sending them outside and to do something or, or whatever. Yeah. It's more about, yeah. you know, encouragement and, and not even having a conversation to, to, yeah. that make you walk out and be like, okay, I shouldn't go here. Or I shouldn't walk there. Yeah. I shouldn't look, you know, yeah. go to this area or whatever. And that's the reality. Of this. Yes. I mean, that's the reality of this. And yeah. for me, you know, growing up the way that I did and, and the way I was raised by my, my parents and, and knowing what I have in me and in my heart, mm -hmm. you know, that's what, you know, I didn't, I've never had to deal with that, the reality of that. Yeah. But, you know, the people that I care about and love, and yeah. I surround myself with, yeah. They have and they do every day. So, um, so I, you know, I think what you all have talked about and said, when we've gone down so many different avenues, but man, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's just, you know, we could sit here and talk yeah. for hours. Yeah, absolutely. So, and uh, maybe we do a part two to this for sure. We get it, man. Because I want to see, I want to sit down with you all and I want to yeah. see the growth component from a business standpoint. Yeah. But I also want to see where we're at. Yeah. you know a you know months or a year from yeah. now yeah. and see how we've changed it and yeah. what's happened and what you know are the voices still being heard are people still listening right, right. i think that's the key in right. all of this so yeah. um one of the things i told you guys about early on i do a psa so i want a yeah. psa from all three of you <laughs> so you're not getting Arson, you're not getting off. I got it. I so got it. Let's, He's uh, going first, by the way. Who wants to go first? He's going to go that, first. He well, does more public speaking. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So, Look at this guy. Do you have so, a podcast? This is like he's throwing at me. I do a podcast, but it's for soccer. Okay. Know? Okay. Yeah. So just to touch on you too, I coach yeah. youth football. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth and sixth grade football. Nice. And I have for three years. And you, you just you, what you were saying just makes so much sense because. I think we've lost maybe three games in the past three or four <laughs> years, but you know, I just understand. And, and you yeah. said this, I mean, it just all ties back together. You said this about your clients and your customers that come in, yeah, understanding what makes them up and what how they want to feel and what they want to look like. Mm -hmm. It's the same way with children, yeah. and, and and you know, I it's so funny. Parents have a different perspective and a different yeah. mindset. They'll say, Well, why is my son quarterback? and I'm, mm -hmm. I say, Well, he's 300 pounds and in the fifth grade. And, mm -hmm. You know, he's, yeah. I mean, not that he won't be at one point, yeah, but exactly. I've got, we've got to put, we have to work together as a team. Yeah. And we have to, you know, I'll, you have to trust me yeah. and believe that I'm putting your son in the best position for us to have success Absolutely. and to learn and to grow. Yes. And so once you get yes. everybody on board with that, yes. it's, it, you just, it's, the outcome is amazing. So, um, so I can, I can relate to what you were saying about yeah. coaching with, with youth and understanding yeah. kind of the dynamics of, of the kid that you're coaching. Absolutely. So, well, let's go into the PSA. Yeah. Philip, what would your PSA be to the people out there? Man, mine will be just with based on what's going on right now, and I'm so happy to see a tremendous amount of support from especially the white people in 
and our community coming out and, and, and really sharing their voices. But I would say our fight doesn't stop there. I would say this is a great opportunity for us to turn our voice into practical solutions. You know, so uh, we all know the Kentucky election is coming up June 23rd. So if you haven't registered to vote, please, that's my one message to you out there. Yeah. If you feel some type of way about whatever it's going on, again, regardless of your political party, like I say, this has nothing to do with politics at this point because we are fighting for human rights, right? There's a reason why you see the world is, is also upset, right? From the incidents that happened in Minnesota, right? And like I said, despite all the madness, uh, we thank for the spirit that the humans have shown throughout our world. And like I say, that is great. It is a great support. And as a black man, I know that my folks and my ancestors have been in the front line and advocating for generation and generation, but there was no action to follow up with that. And I think this is a great opportunity for us, the way we've come out and show support to the family of uh, Mr. George Floyd and 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 and, and uh, Brianna, Taylor. Brianna Taylor. Yes, you know, uh, just right here, close home. You know, and and it's great that uh, we realize that the fight goes beyond just you know for this thing in the streets, and we have an opportunity to, like I said, to turn our voices into practical solution. And in my opinion, I think that's the way that we'll begin to make change. So that's my. PSA. 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 You know, go, that's man. my PSA of the week. June 23rd. Go vote. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah, you you want to? No, let's keep going. He's still thinking. He's thinking. What are you thinking? Honestly, <laughs> honestly, as far as my PSA, uh, uh, I guess I'll go back to a little bit of what Phil touched on. For me, I think that um, first thing first, I'm just really happy to see um, how a lot of people came out to, you know, just support. We had, we, we, were, we were downtown uh, a few days ago. Yeah. We had di different races out there. And uh, one thing that I can honestly say about uh, what's going on right now is I've seen a lot of, going back to trends, right? Like it, it becomes a trend where people protest and then it hits June 20th and then yeah. everything dies down. Like Philip said, please people go out there and vote. And then, um, as a uh, black black man in the community, I think that we also need to do our share. You know, if Philip Philip is already helping a lot of young kids, and I'm I'm really proud of them. And one thing that we have to do is to continue helping the younger kids in the community. Philip can help out four kids, I can help out three kids, and Albert helps out three kids because we can help every single person. Mm -hmm. But if we just a little bit that we can do. Um, it's gonna make a huge difference in the community because the pro protesting is gonna keep going. But at one point, I think that, you know, uh, that action piece is very important. And then uh, obviously you, we talked a lot about fashion in this. And uh, one thing I can only say is fashion has been another way that has been another piece that has brought, brought us all, all together. Us today, mm -hmm. right? And, um, I, I think that uh, just expressing yourself through fashion is going to be a great way to kind of like learn about one another. Albert just had three uh, officers that came in here, yes. detectives that came in here. You know, that's his moment to kind of like spread that, that awareness uh, mm -hmm. to them. Um, uh, fashion and music, uh, African music here lately, like I would drive down in my car and I'm hearing uh, African music right? Or on the radio. I'm like, oh, wow, we have African songs on the radio. Or I'll see um, another person, either like a white person or, or an African-American wearing African clothes. Yeah. I feel like 
you know, that's something that's bringing us all together. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, let's all uh, continue to stay positive yeah. and uh, we become our thoughts. And the more we think that this is possible for all of us to, uh, to unite, we can definitely make it possible. I love that. And you, some you said, you know, you're right. I mean, if you if you affect three people and talk to three people, then the, the, the idea and the hope is that those three people Spreads. will talk to three people, yeah. and then it just keeps right. spreading and spreading. And I think that's the key. Absolutely. And it, and it, you you you. I mean, you just kind of summed it all up. So Albert, you got a big you got a bit of double time here. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah. So but but you know you're right. I mean the 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 music and the, the fashion and all of that and the younger you know a lot of younger generation and just people in general are understanding that and seeing that yeah. and bringing that together and that's that's bringing a common bond Absolutely. i think between people yeah and um i love to see that so albert what do you got for us man not much i mean you can sums it up man. <laughs> and, I it. Sure, man. Uh, and i think uh and he tells me this funny story he's like uh he's like uh, when you uh you're sitting on the couch you're watching tv and everyone, all your friends are watching everybody who's successful on TV. And then you're like, man, I, I want to do that. And then you get <laughs> off the couch and then you're doing that too. And then, but you also sometimes want to quit, go back on the couch and just relax for a little bit because you, you forget how hard it is. Uh, and uh, he, was, he tells me, he's like, man, you're off the couch, man. You can't come back on the couch anymore. And uh, that's how he always tells me. Yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, for me, it's just, uh, I think about, me, I call it a tombstone uh, test, you know, uh, when I'm no longer here, uh, what have I done? And people are like, I remember what I said, I remember how I made them fail. And, uh, and I always think about it every time and I'm motivated by, I mean, I don't know, this can be really sad for people, but motivated by, by that, right? Like it's, that's my motivation. Like every day, as long as I'm breathing is a blessing. It's, it's meant I can change someone's life when I'm standing in line at Kroger. You know, I, I can you can do something so small as you know what? Hey, don't worry, man. I'll, I'll pay for that for you, right? The little that I have, I'm gonna share with you, right? Or to hey, I'm at the store. You know, this guy. You know, he wants to look really, really good, and then he has a situation maybe, and he always feels like you know insecure yeah. and you bring that in them like you change that right and they go home they, and they will back again uh to uh you know what i'm gonna shut down i'm gonna go out there and uh join this guy and be in front of the, you know, the protest and immediately and, and show my way of giving back not just financial but time i think one of the most expensive things to give back in society to anyone is time because you can never get back so for everyone out there, whatever you can do, whether you want to know a little bit more about uh, black community, how they function, whether you think you can uh, invest in the black community in, in one way or the other, uh, and to understand this different culture and black people as well, you know, uh, being able to recognize your neighbor, you know, and say, hey, you know what, this person's doing this, uh, what can I do to, uh, uh, to keep that uh, to keep that uh, faith going, to keep that fire going, you know. Gavism, you know, Marcus Garvey, you know, he was one of the greatest guys that ever did that, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and and so educate yourself to really understand what's going on, and uh, I, I really and I think don't let school get in the way of your education, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, hey, you you just described what, what the one word you just described is love. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. what you just described yeah. is, is that that's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, loving other people, but you know, you know, you know, helping other people and, and, yeah. and yeah. influencing other people from yeah. that standpoint. And yeah. you know, I think that's why you know that's why you you all you know that having that mindset of, of fearing death or whatever that looks yeah. like. You know, having that mindset from that standpoint and yeah. living every day like like it yeah. is your last and yeah. you want to yeah. change people's lives and you yeah. want to live it the best way that you can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's okay. it is. Yeah. Well it is, it is. And I think that yeah. feeds obviously you, but but the passion and the love is yeah. where that's Absolutely. coming from. I can yeah. see it in your in the way wow. you're saying it. Yeah. So anything else you guys want to say before we close up? No, this has been great. You know, okay, still guys, come in. <laughs> listen, I love it. I, love yeah, it. I didn't. So uh, this was wonderful, man. And, yeah. and I think that it's uh, this. We need this, man. Uh, you being able to be in this space and having these conversations with yeah. us, uh, you expose us to a different audience, you know. Yeah. Um, and you just being in this space, we've learned from you, from the experiences that you shared as well, you know. Uh, we all have so much in common, you yeah. know. And I think that it's, again, like you said, the time that you put out there, like, hey, let me try to learn about these uh, these guys. You know, I feel like that is what makes us grow as human beings. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the idea behind this. You know, this podcast started out as something fun, but I, I quickly found that I was getting a, a great response from people. And I, yeah. and I thought, you know, I'm going to use this to influence others and yes. to educate others in every way that I possibly can, not just from, you know, vintage clothing and fashion, but in every way possible. Absolutely. You know, I never dreamed when I reached out to Philip that he would say, yeah, let's do it. Uh, come on <laughs> and, now. And, and I, love, I, love now. I love you for that. I love you for that. Hey, uh, but, uh, if, if Philip didn't tell you, we have a, a whole extended family, man. Well, you could have that's what I was going to say I mean yeah. that's what I want to do I want to this isn't like a, a one-time thing you know this podcast I've got a lot of people yeah um, I'm, I'm recording I, I release one yeah. uh, one a week yeah. because I think that that is fair to whoever's yeah. giving me their time mm -hmm. yes. I'm not going to uh, upload three or four in a week to, yeah. to to drown out another person's you know message mm -hmm. or voice or whatever they want so the idea is to, to, to release one every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but man, people are just, you know, reaching out yeah. left and right, wanting yeah. to be a part of it. And I love that. Yeah. Um, but um, there will be a time where I want to come back and revisit. Yeah, absolutely. And talk yeah. about the business and how it's grown. Yeah. And talk about, you know, where we are yes. you know, as a country yes. and what that looks like and what, yeah. what's changed. Yes. So I definitely want to do that. But. Thank yeah. you all so much. Yeah. Thank I appreciate you, it. Man. I appreciate and, these uh, guys joining the set too. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> great mind. I came out of nowhere. And, and Arson, he would have he would have been biting his tongue if he <laughs> sat over there. Yeah. He like, yeah. He's uh, like, I gotta get in. I gotta say on this. Day, we're trying to have the conversation. You know, sometimes I think I get I get I get I'm on the shy side. You know, I'm just like, yeah, maybe this the intro program. I talk to them. I can, and then I noticed that. Yeah, I noticed that when you all three walked in, I yeah. noticed that he was yeah. the shower. Yeah. You went all the way back there. I'm back <laughs> seat, you know? I let them do I, the talk. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> that's funny because I mean part of what I've done, I've been in I've been in consulting and sales since yeah. I left college. Oh wow. Well that's I got my real estate license at eighteen, so I've wow. been in that format and that mindset. But um but, but you understand personality. Yeah, personalities. <laughs> I mean I can 
I know I can walk into an office or I can walk into a meeting with a doctor or, yeah. or a CEO or somebody like that and I can say this is going to go not go good or it's yeah. going to go good. Right, right, right. I can always tell by their body language. Right. So yes. um, I, as you know, I'm I'm an extrovert yeah. and so I sometimes have to pull it back in and I'm say, like, you know, my yeah. wife always says, "You are so loud. Why do you talk so loud?" And I'm like. She's like, why are you yelling? And I'm not, I'm not yelling. I'm not, this is my voice. I, this is my passion. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed episode number 11. I mean, those guys are amazing. Um, you know, I want to say thank you for, to them for, for doing the podcast. Um, and, you know, we continued to strengthen our friendship um, by just kind of having an open, honest discussion. And I think that's what this is about, you know, um, talking through things with other people and hearing other people's voice, but at the same time, understanding and, and being open to learning and, and, and teaching and, and opening your heart to love other people. That's what this is about. So I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did um, conducting the podcast and the interview. But um, again, I want to say thank you to my audience, um, you know, I hope you all are enjoying these interviews. They're going to get more in depth, and we're going to start talking about some different topics outside of vintage, uh, the vintage community. And um, I hope you guys will enjoy it. So, hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is staying happy and healthy. And uh, I love you all.